Yes, sir. This is yet another episode of Rabona Boys Podcast. This is episode eight. We're glad you came here on time. Please don't be late. <laughs> it's your boy Vince Scully. Uh, along here with my man, alongside my man's Nick Solo. Uh, yes, shout sir. out to the people, Nick Solo. Yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. Okay, sir. so. We got a bit of a longer podcast for y'all. This is more the nerd shit that me and Nick like to get into for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Now that the season is done, we're going to talk about what players we got to get rid of for each of our teams, Arsenal and Liverpool. Um, we, we both feel pretty strongly about the players that we got to get rid of. <clears throat> Excuse me, not, let me not say it like that, but that's how it feels, right? Um, we, we got a lot of deadwood on both our squads that we got to get, got to move along. Um, and then we both, and we're both very aware of our team demands, um, holes that need filling um, this summer and, and spots that just need reinforcing for both of our teams. And then finally, the longest part, we get to our dream moves. So this is where uh, Nick and I basically play uh, general manager and <laughs> figure out what players uh, our team wants, what type players fit for our team, and uh, and, and what's going to help us win next season. So Mikel Arteta out. Nick solo in. Yes. Make it happen. <laughs> yes, sir. Jeez, then you guys won't be losing players to Aston Villa, but that's for another episode. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you yeah, want to get man, into this, it. This, but, uh, this is a bloody one. This is a bloodbath. Huh? Yes, sir. Anyways, let's get into it, man. Let's rock. So, we're both going to take a little deep dive into our respected teams and uh, give you a little insight on what, how we would run the club, I guess, if we were in charge of transfers. Um, personally, I'm going to be taking like a more, I guess, realistic approach, partly because I'm, my expectations have been dampered so much by this stupid club <laughs> for so long. <laughs> Every year we consistently go out and we'll spend money, but we just won't spend it right. Or we buy another attacker that we just don't need or something. And I'm hoping that given the context of Arsenal's last season, that they're going to make the right moves this time. To me, there are a few glaring issues. Um, But we'll get into players we want to bring in a little later. I think we want to start with players that we want out. And uh, I guess, uh, well, for Arsenal, there's a whole lot I want out. (laughs) But it's also, who can we get rid of? So thank God we already have, Ceballos is back in Madrid. Ceballos (laughs) said he doesn't want to come back. Trash. We don't want Ceballos back. Useless. (laughs) Um, If you had asked me at like the beginning of last year, or like beginning of last season, if I wanted El Nenny out, I would have told you a million times yes. But honestly, I like the dude. I think he's a solid like backup holding mid when we need him to be. Um, he's he's had some big moments for the team too, scoring some screamers, absolute screamers. Probably the best Good. Egyptian in the Premier League. Oh, um, <laughs> and then uh, so okay, all right. So let's start with the bottom. Leno's kind of a weird one. I like Leno. Um, if we're yeah, bringing right Onana in, though, if we're bringing Onana in, um, it makes sense to sell Leno. 
yeah. uh, get some money out of that. That's just good business at that point because Onana's going to be really cheap. Um, he's on like the last year of his deal, and he has that little suspension thing going on. So, Onana, oh, think- explain who explain who Onana is. You, you gotta say. So Onana is the uh, IX goalkeeper, and he's really good. But he, I think, like accidentally tested for some banned substance or something last season. So he's been suspended. Um, I think IX just want to move on from that whole situation. He's, I mean, he's good. Like I'm. Yeah. I'm yeah. here for it. Like, bring him in. He's Andre Onana he, is. He's really, really good at uh, playing with the ball at his feet too. So, and anytime you get a player from IX, you know you're. Yes. You're, you know you know you're not gonna get ripped off. Like you yeah. know you're getting something. You know you're getting something decent there. That's a trait um, of IX players, right? They're really mature, even though they're really young. They're really mature, and they're always like really aware of what job they're supposed to be coached doing. Coached really team. well. They're all coached so well. Yeah. They're very yeah. sharp. Yeah. Um, Renard, Renarson or whatever. Alex Renarson. We bought this kid. I don't know why we bought him. He was from like the Norwegian league or something. Is this a goalkeeper and still? A goalkeeper. Okay. Dude played like two games for us and got absolutely embarrassed. Nobody knows where this kid is from. Nobody knows why we bought him. I want him out. Forget about him. I don't ever want to see him at the club ever again. He's useless. Like, he's trash, dude. He's garbage. I think City shot, like, he started against City for some reason. What? I think City, like, shot a ball, like, right at him, like, really early in the game. He just, like, didn't save it. Just let it go. In the net. I was like, dude, like, get the fuck out. Like, I'm done. <laughs> um, Hector Bellerin. Bit of a, uh, it's not even that controversial, but. A fan favorite to many for many years. I think at this point, a lot of Arsenal fans are ready to move on from him, and it kind of seems like he's ready to move on too. Last year, P- last summer, PSG wanted him. I would have done that deal in a heartbeat. I don't know why we didn't. Mikel <laughs> right. Arteta begged him to stay or something. I don't know what happened. Jeez. Something about Arteta wanting him to stay, though, for sure. Um, yeah, just just not good enough. I don't think anymore. Uh, just doesn't really have it. What was happening to, to his career? He so, I mean, when he first got him from Barca, he was just flying up and down that right side, and he was supposed to be like the next best thing, and just injuries, and once the knee goes, the speed goes, and yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Like to me, to me, it's it's redeemable. Like he could have fixed this. He just has to be. You just be smarter. Like, but every time I watch this guy play, he's still like super attacking, flying up that right side of the field, mm-hmm. just not being able to get back in time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't. We don't need you in those advanced areas. Like, I've this dude's crossing. Like sometimes he makes like once in a while he'll make a really good run, in like an inverted run into the middle of the field, down the middle or something, and he scored a goal or two off that kind of movement this season and. Once in a while, he puts in a good ball, but it's just not good enough for what he gives us. There's no stability on that right side anymore. I think he really kind of clogs up Pepe's space when Pepe's playing there too. Um, there's been a strong correlation with when uh, when Callum Chambers is playing right back now, like basically a center back playing right back, and Pepe has been playing like the best he's been playing all year. Because he doesn't have to keep tucking in and covering for Hector Bellerin and 
I don't know. To me, I want like a. I'm okay with a guy that gets forward, but I want a guy that's like smart about it and is also aware <laughs> tactically of when he can, when he needs to get back, has the recovery speed to do so, has even just the smartness to do so. Right, timing um, and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, I just don't. I respect to Hector Bellerin. You know, like longest serving player at the club. Uh, especially respect to him because he was the only Arsenal player that spoke up against the Super League. Uh-huh. Um, I'll always give him props for that. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's just time to move on. Um, David Luiz is going anyway. Um, so then he wanted to go. Honestly, he seems to be your most senior center back. He seems yeah, to have the most yeah, experience. Uh, yeah. No, that's a really good question. Honestly, I think I would. It's so I would weird. offer him one more year if he <coughs> if it wasn't like that much money and if he didn't have expectations to play a whole lot. It's but so at the same weird time, to say, but it seems as though David Luiz is like a calming influence on your back line versus mm-hmm. the normal shakiness that he used to exhibit throughout his career, you know? Right. Um Yeah, I don't know. The other the problem is I could see Arsenal. They're not going to give him an extension, but I could see if they did, make our Mikel Arteta just plays him like every single week, and it's, yeah, that's, that's just not what I want at this point. Right now, okay. I want Gabriel and Saliba and Pablo Marie and Rob Holding. I want those. Pablo Marie's not as young as the other three, but I want those three guys to just figure it out, build some chemistry. I'd like Pablo Marie to get a start. He to, gets to get a good a stretch of games, you know. Yeah, I mean, just to see what he's about, because to keep it a I, bust, I just, though, I because the thing is, he's a left-footed center back, and Gabriel's a left-footed center back, and Mikel Arteta's very I want left-footed guy on the left side, right-footed guy on the right side. I love Gabriel, obviously, and I love Rob Holding. Rob Holding has been our best like aerial duel battle winning guy this season. Like the dude wins every header; it's nuts. Hmm. <laughs> but uh, he must have been inspired really by Nat Phillips. Ah, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, seniority, yeah. but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, I would keep Cedric, honestly. I think he's a decent... Cedric decent, Suarez? Yeah, I think he's a decent backup option. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. But if you get rid of Bellerin, would he, would he not be promoted to first team right back? No, because I have people I want to bring in. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. We'll get to that in a little bit. We'll get okay. to that. So, Keep what going. are we at right now? So, Renarsson, maybe Leno, Bellerin is what I'm at right now. Midfielders, I said I want to keep El Neni. The big one, Granite Jaka. I'm done <laughs> with this man. I've been done with this man for like two years now. Get him the fuck out of the club. I don't ever want to see him in Arsenal's jersey ever again. Wait, Dude. it's so crazy. Wait, wait, how are you saying this? I swear, I swear, I swear. Less than six months ago, you were telling me how this guy has changed, how he's kind of improved, how he's kind of <laughs> into a leader of the club. Yeah, yeah. How he's kind um, of a deep playmaker now. Like, what, what's up? I don't. Why has that changed? All I, I, I did say he has. He was improving. Um, I think. I also said I think that it's. I was saying he looks really good next to Thomas Party, but I think it's more a product of Thomas Party. Than like Granit Xhaka playing better, um, I think Xhaka to me, and the reason I say he was playing better is because he was just making like less mistakes. Then, 
because up until party was fully fit it was just like huge error after huge error Jaka to me I still don't know what Jaka really does for this team and I I mean I and I I say that and like there's tons of like people on the internet that are huge Jaka stands and they will swear on this guy forever like and and I understand in the perspective of he's re- what he's really good at is like filling in spaces in the back line especially for a team like Arsenal who love to attack through their fullbacks and just out wide in general. Um, so when Kieran Tierney is flying up that left wing, he's he's a great cover guy, um, and he's really good at just like balancing out the defense. And he even played left back for a little while because of that skill set of his. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, that's not enough reason for you to be a starter slash a, a leader or an ex captain until you threw the armband of this team just because you can fill in a space and hold down. Because when I see him go forward, mm-hmm. well, I don't see any disgusting. It's just side. It's, it's, it's Jaka passed to Gabriel. Gabriel passed to Jaka. Jaka passes it to party party tries to make something happen. Give it to like Odegaard or something. Odegaard drops to Jaka. Jaka passes to Gabriel. Can I give you my perspective of Jaka from someone who's barely watched him? Just like a quick three second like, yeah, go ahead. perspective. It always seems as though Granite Jaka is an anomaly because he's really good at a couple things, but then he's also really bad at everything else. Or I don't <laughs> even want to say it's like a couple things and everything else. It's almost like he's he's like so polarizing. Not in terms of pro- not just in terms of personality, but in terms of like what he does well versus what he does badly. Mm. So he'll go in. I mean, like let's say he's really good at long passes, long balls, but he doesn't seem that reliable of a passer or a connector or a ball mm. retainer. Um, he's good at f- filling in defensive spots and defensive spaces, but he's slow as molasses, and motherfuckers right. still get past him a lot of the time. Um, right. He's really strong in the tackle. Um, you know, is usually there for, for his teammates, but he times his tackles badly sometimes and ends up being a hindrance more times than not because he's the one that lead that he, I mean, he's the one that ends up making mistakes that lead to like these crazy fouls that you guys be having. Um, in terms of leadership, like he's a hothead. He seems to be the guy who can, I don't know. It's weird. Cause it's like every, like once in a while, if I look up Granit Xhaka or if I see a statement he's making, he seems like a leader. He seems real level-headed. He seems, you know, a bit fiery, a bit passionate. But, you know, that, that's what mm-hmm. you need from a leader. You need a guy who can stoke a fire in the others, right? But then on the other hand, he's always complaining. He's always falling out with somebody or the other. Um, you know, he threw the captain's armband, which I know, you know, was was more of a, a product of the moment at the time, and especially because how toxic Arsenal fans are. But at the same time, it's like, as a captain – you're the captain, you know, you're expected to, to be the one to keep your emotions in check because you got to mm-hmm. keep everybody else's emotions in check, you know? As a captain, you have more responsibility and you're the one who nine times out of ten is going to go and, and take the blame. Another another thing I really didn't like from Granite Shaka was, oh, I'll, okay, this isn't like a for sure certain thing. Maybe you can tell me if this is correct or not, but I do believe, am I correct being under the impression that when you guys were losing a whole bunch of games, neither Granite nor Pierre Emerick Aubameyang nor Hector Bellerin went out to like face the media. Am I am I wrong in saying that? Like where they let like 
Pepe or like Martinelli or like, a, like basically they let kids go out to talk to the media every time they lost instead of like the actual captains. Um, I don't know if that's something that happened regularly, right? But even if that, that happened once, because I do remember an Arsenal fan that I knew being really pissed that the only person to go talk to the media was one of the young Arsenal kids after they'd had a really bad mm. loss. And I remember... Yeah, they you know, probably sent Saka out there. I, the oh, it was. It was Saka. I'm pretty sure... Bro, I'm pretty sure you were the Arsenal fan. <laughs> bro, we just had some terrible fucking loss. And Aubameyang can't even show his face. Xhaka can't even show his face. Instead, they send out Saka. Like, are you kidding? And I was like, mm. that, that doesn't... You know what I'm saying? So... Just from my perspective, it seems as though Granit Xhaka has always had like a little bit of potential in certain places, but he just be making some crazy decisions that just fuck you guys up. And it's like, it's almost like another version of David Luiz where there's always been a bunch of positives, right? And there's clear positives, but but the other aspects of his game has been really shaky. I think the difference between David Luiz and Granit Xhaka, however is that David Luiz seems to acknowledge this, and at least as far as he's been with you guys, he seems to try to mature, become the leader. Now he's stepping up, you know what I'm saying? Whereas Granit Xhaka is still kind of doing his weird little song and dance where one minute he looks like Genghis Khan ready to lead the Mongol horde, and the next minute he's a petulant little kid doing a bunch of fuck shit, you know what I'm saying? Let me know if I'm correct on that, if I'm wrong on that. Like, what's, oh, what, uh, what is that dynamic? For, for claiming only watched a few games of him, that's pretty spot on, I would say. Like, he, I mean, that, I mean, that, yeah, you see what he is right there. Like, and I don't, like, I think he, I think you nailed, you really, like, hit the nail on the head with the, especially the defensive side of things. Um, mm-hmm. He is slow. He constantly gives away cheap fouls. He's constantly giving away, like, dangerous opportunities because he just, makes a bad challenge or he's late on a challenge or he just has no discipline and he loses his head like it, it, there's just like he's just so he just hurts us in so many ways I feel like there was a goal this season where Leno passed him the ball and it was kind of a tight space like maybe Leno should have just cleared it mm-hmm. but he passes him the ball and I think we're playing Burnley or something and and Jaka tries to just one time he's facing our goal he tries to one time just kick the ball out Across the face of the goal, and their striker just gets it and like he's like shocked. He has got the ball. dude just gets the ball and just taps it in. He's like, oh, Jaka to me. And then like going forward, like everybody raves about his huge, like his great passing range, and mm-hmm. he can hit a perfect long ball and stuff. And it's like it does nothing for us. He'll switch the play like one time, and then guess what? We're cycling it right back around. Yeah. I want to see a guy that in that partner next to party that oh, there's two types of player profiles i'd like to see next to party but mm-hmm. to me Jaka doesn't fit either one of them he's not like an anchor for our back line and he's, he's not, not like a transition guy that can just mm-hmm. charge forward with the ball and he's not the guy that, that can just like make a splitting pass and cut a defense open to like start an attack mm-hmm. with our like attacking midfielders or something um I don't know. That's enough about Jaka, in my opinion. <laughs> so, so you're saying you would prefer a double pivot of El Nenny and Party versus Jaka and Party? Yeah, every day of the week, honestly. Okay, honestly. that all Africa lineup. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, then we get to the forwards. Okay, wow. This oh yeah, is, so this is interesting. This is an interesting part. What's up? <laughs> oh, I was gonna, gonna say. So, just make sure 
Shaka and Ceballos were the only midfielders that you wanted to get rid of. Yeah, well, Ceballos doesn't really count because um, he's already gone. Same with Odegaard. I would just say, I guess I would just say Xhaka. Yeah, Xhaka's the only midfielder I want. And I want Miguel Aziz to get an opportunity to play in the first team. Who? It doesn't have to be a lot. You don't know who Aziz is? Look him up. You'll like him. My guy had a Spanish first name and an Arab last name. Yeah. He's not, He's like, well, he's, I think he's English, but he's like Nigerian or something too. Or okay. Um, but he, he's like a he's like a holding mid. He's he looks nasty though. He's killing it for like the under twenty threes or whatever. So now we get to the forwards, and this is where it gets really interesting, in my opinion. Um, I want. I mean, let's just get the let's get the elephant in the room out. I want William gone. It's time, man. <laughs> it's it was time. time the moment he walked in the door. He needs right. to go. Um, dude has just not been good enough. Confusing transfer off rip, just not good business. The typical Chelsea Arsenal thing you like to banter me about every time. Hell in you. Yeah, I mean, he needs to go, man. <laughs> like, oh, so there was the article, there was the clickbait article, which I didn't even open. Because I was just like, this is outrageous. That's but apparently he said <laughs> apparently he said he wants to go back to Chelsea. Like like this dude has the audacity to think that Chelsea will take him back, take him running back with like open arms. Like what is this dude Chelsea, on? No. Chelsea celebrated when he left out the door. <laughs> what is right. he saying? But I mean, I've heard that Beckham wants him to enter Miami. Oh boy. Please. Please, William, just go. Just you. I don't think he wants to be here. We don't yeah, want him here. Yeah. He needs to go. Uh, we're paying him way too much. <laughs> he's 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 such a. I swear to God, he's like a sleeper agent for Chelsea. From the second you bought him, he was a bad signing. Like seriously, seriously, he already brought nothing to to, to Chelsea for however many years. Right. He brought well, the he same level. Of- he had his moments, but. Um, for like the first half of his career, and then he just tailed off like the last two or three years at at Chelsea. And really, I don't know. I guess Arsenal only saw clips of this guy from twenty fourteen to twenty seventeen. I guess they didn't they didn't realize that this guy fell off of a cliff. I don't. I can't think of any team in the top five leagues, like top flight football, that would want this guy and find use for him. Seriously, right. I don't know what he does. I don't know what he does well. He kind of, yeah. makes- I mean, especially at Arsenal. I would say at Chelsea, you could see his biggest strength to me was like his dribbling ability. Mm. He was really good in those tight spaces. Um, and he would like give some decent service from what I saw him mm-hmm. at Chelsea, but I didn't see too much of him at Chelsea either to keep it a buck. Like, I feel like he was always in and out of the team. Um, at was. Arsenal, though, he does nothing, absolutely <laughs> nothing. But one thing I've said is he tracks back pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I get, maybe that's why Arteta likes him so much. I don't know. But going forward, he literally does nothing for us. You can see his like dribbling ability too at moments, but mm-hmm. it never leads to anything dangerous or it's, it's just it's ridiculous, man. Oh, he's one of those same players like Jaka that just kind of just passes the ball along to the guy right next to him and yep. dead possession and just there's nothing can't going keep, on. Can't hold the ball, doesn't make anything happen, kind of just a warm body. Yeah, but that's enough time wasted on William. Um, <laughs> this is the this is like the real interesting one to me is Lacazette. Mm. I personally, I really like Lacazette. 
I think mm-hmm. I really like what he gives us just because he's so different than like Aubameyang or even if Martinelli's starting up top. Um, he's just like this hybrid kind of hold up play slash like he's not like a physical like Giroud hold up guy, but he's like yeah. a possession oriented technical hold up guy. Um, I just think he's. I just think he's a really good player in terms of like just smart, just like really good in the box and his movements and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, had, he's coming off his best season at Arsenal, I think. He was our top goal scorer this year. Um, hasn't missed a penalty for Arsenal. Uh, just I don't know, just kind of like a he had his he had his goal drought for a while, but he's mm-hmm. been pretty reliable for us overall. I would say. Okay. Um, but he's on the last year of his contract, and he just turned 30. Um, for me, I would give him an extension. I'm thinking realistically here for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I would give him an extension be- knowing that Arsenal are probably not going to sign anyone at his level or better. Right. If they do make a transfer, and if they're going to bring in a young striker who is maybe not at his level but has – higher potential or mm. are going to bring in like a like a 26 27 year old guy who's kind of at his level then i'm down then sure sell him but realistically arsenal's not going to do that <laughs> i would offer him like a two-year contract and uh he's just like a it's just good to have different types of people in that attack that you can be dynamic with um and ketia Eddie. I like Eddie. I like Eddie. I just I don't think he's good enough for Arsenal. Eddie, uh, Eddie and Ketia. You need a goal. You better call Eddie, right? Hey. <laughs> Great celebration. Great kid. Um, I think he just needs to go to a team where he can be a starter and really show how good he is. Um, something like like Joe Willick. At, something uh, like Joe Willick. There's a whole <laughs> loan section here, so we're gonna get to Joe Willick. Okay. 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 Um, but Eddie, yeah, I would, I would sell him even if. Oh, dude, who was it? Somebody like it was like West Ham or somebody offered like twenty mil for Eddie and Ketia, and oh. Arsenal turned it down. Oh, and I'm like, you guys are high. Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> and then there's Reese Nelson. I love Reese Nelson. I think Reese Nelson is so good. And I see all the little clips of him in training. I see, like, the few games he's played for us. The dude is a dribbler. Like, he will shake people. He will he will break ankles left and right, show no mercy, show no regard for human life. But he just cannot get a game, man. Arteta refuses to play this man. Is there no, like... like- does he does he not have like an end goal? Like does he just dribble into a wall and that's it, or does he just dribble and lay it off and that's it, or does he move into like dangerous spaces? Does he try and look I, for the I next? wouldn't I haven't seen enough from him to be confident to say that like he has a final product to his game. Like I wouldn't say he can like score goals the way Pepe. He's not like a finisher like Pepe. Mm-hmm. Um his his service like into the box is kinda like hit or miss. I'm not quite sure what to make of it. Um, I mean, I liked it more than watching William cross the ball because William would never beat the first defender with his crosses. Mm-hmm. And then Reese Nelson would at least like put it in the area. Might not be like precise pinpoint, but he looked the player on the ball. But 
if we're not going to play him, I don't think it's a bad move to sell him and get like 15 mil or something if we can. 15? You think you can get um, 15 mil for a, for a kid? 10, 15 mil? Maybe like 10? So I don't know. 10 might be on the high he's, side. He's promising, man. I mean, at least he needs to go on loan next season if he's not going to. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm exaggerating that number a bit, but that's because I really believe in this guy. I think he is. I think he's going to be one of those guys that turns out to be really good when if he. I leaves find Arsenal. it interesting that Arsenal doesn't seem to take advantage of loans as much as other clubs do. So especially seeing it's like how you guys have had like this his- historical affinity for youngsters and bringing in new players to the first team. It's like you would think that for a team that has that type of lineage, you guys would be setting a lot more young guys on loan. Um, even to Premier right. League clubs versus Championship or League One or Two, you know, like I know you guys had a couple guys go over to Germany, but then those guys ended up staying in Germany and never came back to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? it, it would be nice to see you guys actually utilize your loan system. Um, I think it's really interesting well, that you want to get rid of Lacazette. I don't want to get rid of Lacazette, but I think no, no. Actually, I think I said like offer him a two-year deal. Yeah, oh yeah, you did. I think from like a practical perspective, it makes the most sense, but I don't think Arsenal's going to operate. I say, Wait, sorry, go ahead. I say, if Lacazette doesn't work for on a team the level of Arsenal, then you just send him to a team that is like slightly the level below. I personally, it would be kind of sick if you guys sent him back to Lyon and you guys got Owar or Depay in exchange for him and a few millions. I know? think Depay would be a great signing for us. Um, <sighs> But he's going to Barca. Yeah, um, he's, he's definitely going to Barca. I think, I think Laka had some interest from Atletico too recently. Uh, Lacazette um, would work okay at Atletico Madrid. I think if he right. if he if that press like can he press? Is he a good pressing forward? Yeah, right. He like, works some games. <laughs> some games. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, so I feel like a manager. Like I mean, he uh, does his job. I don't know. It's kind of tough. It's kind of weird, right? Because I mean, it. Yeah, I get it. Because whenever I watch you guys, it's so weird. Um, not watching you guys, but whenever I hear Arsenal fans talking about Lacazette, it's either or. Either he's a good forward and you guys should keep him, or he's hasn't performed for a while and you need to sell him. But it's like I never, you know, it, it's always either or. It's never just a consistent, okay, this guy's good, this guy's good, this guy's good, you know? Mm-hmm. Or the opposite. So, um, anyways. Well, speaking going of on. loans, let's get to the loans. Mm-hmm. So, um, so- Apparently, Kolasinac was supposed to be gone after this year, but yeah. turns out he has another year on his contract that somehow nobody knew about. So we have him coming back because from Schalke. Schalke don't want to buy him. They can't. Um, oh, yeah, Josh. they can't. Um, I would another guy that's like, no, nah, you know what? I'm not even going to say the same thing I said about Lacazette, where it's like if we can replace him, sell him. No, I want Kolasinac gone. He's just not good. He just, I mean, he just, we got him on like a free, but from he's, Schalke. Made, he's making so much money. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he needs to, he's just not good, bro. <laughs> he, he's, he's a danger to other players. Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, he like hurts he injures people. Yeah. He just injures people like every game. You don't need that type of player uh, on the flank. Yeah, he's just kind of clunky. He's just like a muscle defender. The size of a house. Um, right. Mavropanos, I think he's really good. Not, I don't know, maybe, 
I don't know. I haven't seen too much of him, but like I've seen like highlights and stuff of him in Germany. Um, I think we have too many center backs though, and I think if the team's interested, we should sell him. Yeah, that's that, center. Your center backs will probably be the way you guys make money this the summer. That um, you guys allegedly don't have. I will never believe that shit, bro. I cannot believe that shit. Anyways, also Joe that, to, Willick. Should we get to Joe Willick or should I save Joe Willick? Save Joe. Man. All right. Lucas Torreira, he has to go. He doesn't want to be here. Oof. He wants to go back home. Poor kid. Man. Play in South America. Go right ahead, man. Dude, yeah. that makes you happy. I um, feel bad for him, man. RIP to his mom. Right. He's going through it. So yeah. I'm sure they'll find a way to make that happen. Uh, yeah. um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, another guy. Like, man. I love Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Yeah, what's up? Y'all had, like, a really good generation of young Arsenal ballers, and, like, they're either petering out or they're kind of, sort of, working out for you guys. Right. Ainsley, what's up with him, man? So, if Ainsley wanted to play right back, I would be like, sell Bellerin, start Ainsley Midland now as a right back. Yeah. I don't care. Do it. It's done. He doesn't really want to play right back. That's the thing. If he wants to play right back, Welcome to Arsenal. You're going to have a great career here. <laughs> if he doesn't want to play right back, which is what it kind of sounds like, you're going to have to go to another team. We're going to have to sell him. And sounds like at West Brom, they don't even really, they're not really feeling him as a center mid either. Yeah. Because he's not really been getting the game time there and stuff. And he hasn't really been performing that well from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. It's like you can, you can, Die on that sword if you want to, or yeah. you can see an opportunity here at Arsenal where you play right. Like, I really like him. I just don't think he's a center mid, right? At least Damn. at this level. And uh, if he wants to, I would love for him to play as an outside back because I really like what he gives us. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. That one's kind of tough. If he doesn't, like I said, if he doesn't want to do it, then get the money while you can. I guess it's it's always so interesting how how central midfielders in eights transfer transfer over to fullbacks so well nowadays. I think that's mm-hmm. always been the case, but especially nowadays, like it's it's not surprising to see a D mid or a center mid go out to fullback and vice versa, right? Um Intimate in the Niles and Trent Alexander Arnold would have been guys who would have been center mids but moved out to right back. And then guys like Joshua Kimik and Fabinho were guys who were right backs and they got moved to center I mean that got moved to D mid. You know? Right. So I, I just think it's really interesting how there's center mids are just such like complete players because you have to play both sides of the game, you know. So, and you have to be very technically good on the ball. Um, it's also that's also a really true point for college systems. Like a lot of D one programs and stuff, they only recruit center mids, and then they kind Jeez. of train them into different positions. It's a whole bunch a of lot, that's weird. A lot of college programs like pretty much only recruit center mids, and they turn them into outside backs. They turn them into like wingers and. Center backs and it's crazy. And shit. A lot of them turn to center backs. Yeah, a lot of center mids turn to center backs. Jeez. Um, uh, he's probably gonna go to Marseille. Don't sell him, man. Don't man. sell him. Whatever you do, Arsenal. Oh, I believe in this kid so much. This is my. This is my guy. Got Quinduzzi is my guy. Gem. I don't Quinduzzi care how bad his attitude is because it ain't. I even don't like care got either. A bad attitude. He's I don't passion, care either. Bro. I like. But him. dude, dude, like. Make him hold his hands out. Hit him with the ruler. Whatever right. you have to do, man. Like, I don't care. This kid stays no matter what. You make it work with him. To me, yeah. I have not been this impressed, like, with an Arsenal young 
he looks like a first team. I've never seen Gwen Doozy too many times, and he looked out of his depth, or he looked like a kid. Like, no, you see Gwen Doozy, no. it's like, oh, who's that young man? Right now. Dude, I remember so distinctly when Unai Emery brought him in from the second division in France, and I watched his first preseason game, and this kid, the that was like the first thought I had was, I've never seen a teenager play this composed on the ball yep. in a professional soccer game like ever. Like yep. it was nuts. He just yep. looked so comfortable. And Calling just, like, for the ball. Dudes, winning tackles, like turning like two guys are pressing him. He's like turning and yep. just, like splitting them with a little chip pass. And stuff. He's not he shying away so from the ball. Good. Putting just himself so in the proper good. spaces. Yep. Like since, since that first season, I've said this guy will at some point in his career be a staple in the French national team. Mm-hmm. Like he will be in that team consistently. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm gonna be so angry because of all the youngsters, he's my favorite man. Y'all are like, about I don't to... even, I don't count Sokka as a youngster anymore because Sokka is here. Yeah, but he yeah. is, he is my favorite dude. I love Guendouzi. I don't care what the reports say. I don't care up until the moment he is in another team's jersey. Mm-hmm. He's an Arsenal player. He's staying. In <laughs> and then we get to Joe Willick. Mm-hmm. Well, you've heard it from me. I've said for a long time now, I don't rate Joe Willick. I think he's – what? I don't even know what I said. <laughs> I don't think he's good at all. I don't think he really brought anything to our midfield when he played. Mm-hmm. It's it like every forward pass was useless. Uh-huh. He scored seven goals in seven games or something for Newcastle. Uh-huh. So good for him. Now we can get 25 mil and we sell him this summer. I can't wait. It's going to be yeah. awesome. Y'all uh, sound like, yo, okay, real quick. Um, yeah. I will say something in terms of transfers. I feel as though the market hasn't fully reset, but the market has partially reset. So prices that we were getting used to that are exorbitant, I think we need to start reducing those by about maybe 25%. So now if we're looking to sell a young player or a mid-level player for 25 mil, I think now it's it's smart to start saying that those guys will go for between 15 to 18. I don't, hey, I don't, I'll take it. Whatever yeah. you know, what I'm, I'm willing to die on that sword. Roll dice, <laughs> Get rid of him. <laughs> if if his price is inflated right now and a team wants to pay it, yeah, yeah. sell, 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 sell. Oh, Get him out. Speaking of, a guy can get hot. A guy can just go on a hot streak or whatever. Yeah, it's I'm a little happy patch. for him. Yeah. Hope he has still has some success going forward. But I don't think he's good enough from what I've seen in him in an Arsenal jersey. And I don't. I want to cash in. So. That's my selling team for Arsenal. Okay. So who do, I want to get that. So I got Joe Willick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Maitland Niles in there, I guess. Torreira, Mavropanos, Inketia, mm-hmm. uh, Reese Nelson, Jaka, and Bellerin. So that's and eight players. Oh, Renarsson and. Leno. Well, Renarsson's probably not going to go. They, and they wouldn't get any money. Whatever. We'll just say like 10 players. And okay. that's like craziest scenario. 10 players. Okay. Okay. That's 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 a good clear out, honestly. Um, I don't know if that's enough to, to like, you know, completely oh. change your team around. One last point. When you were talking about Jaka, you were talking about leadership. Mm-hmm. That is my one concern with like, because like, Football manager and stuff and FIFA career mode, it makes sense. Like, that's what you would do. You just clear the dead weight and you move on. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't know who's a real leader in this team if we actually do that. Um, it'd have to be someone we bring in or something. Because I don't – like, Pepe's not really a leader. Maybe Gabriel. Yang is clearly not a leader. Lacazette maybe could be a Party. leader on this team. Party maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen Party, like, step up as, like, a vocal leader at least. He I think they go – I think they go the usual. I think if Arteta can't find a leader, then he goes the usual right, the usual route, and just finds a white English player to put the captain's armband on and just be like, "Oh yeah, this yeah." You know what's you know what's gonna happen is Rob Holding's gonna get the armband, but I'm gonna say Holding. You know who's gonna be the leader? Hmm. Kieran Tierney's gonna be the leader of this team. Uh, That man fights. That man fights every game. So okay, that's give him the armband. Okay, that's my Arsenal spiel. Let's get into the Liverpool stuff. Um. Okay. Wow. We pull up their roster. Sorry, uh, that a lot longer than that. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, d- honestly, our roster, it's its the same few guys. It's the same few guys. Let me start from the back to the front because you already know who the guys up front and you already know who the guys in the midfield are that I want to get rid of. Let's just start in the back. Um, first things first, this is going to be really fucking weird to say. Um, I don't really care. Oh. I'm not going to say any goalkeepers. I don't care about Adrian. Yeah, he kind of lets in a goal every time he plays for us, but we still tend to win when, the, when he's with us, and I still think Liverpool is getting rid of him. So, not a big deal. Um, however, the first player I want to sell is Joel Matip. Mm. I know. Okay. Um, this is really hard for me to say because since yeah. the minute he got to Liverpool, Joel – which is how I like to pronounce his name, no, Joel, Joel um, <laughs> has been one of the most underrated center backs in the league. Um, this man is a Rolls Royce, and I'm so serious. Um, the way he defends is beautiful. It's, it's assured. He's not some crazy fucking tackler. He's tall. He's skinny. So you know he, he's just a toe poker. He'll... he'll um, his positioning, his body position right. is incredible for a guy who's as tall as he is. Um, he's a little aggressive in the tackle. I'll say that he's a little more aggressive. He he'll be he can be that guy to step up. Um, at like like when he pairs up with Virgil Van Dyke, he is the aggressor. Where Virgil Van Dyke is the guy who sweeps up behind, which I think is really mm-hmm. interesting because Joel Matip seems like such a chill guy, um, but. He loves to step up a line. He loves to anticipate the ball and get one of those long-ass legs wrapped around somebody um, and, and poke the ball away. Um, and then when he's on the ball, the most underrated defender in this league. Again, um, hmm. a beautiful passer, incredible passer. I'm talking short passes, long passes. In the air, on the ground, this guy this guy be having through balls. I mean, like, like his assortment of through balls from the back line or from like stepping up to midfield is incredible. I w- I, I don't know if there's a, a YouTube compilation of Matip's um just just playmaking ability, but it it, go, it should go it should go down as one of the best in the past ten years um for a center back. Um, and I really then, or go ahead, sorry, finish your point. I was gonna say his, the last super underrated aspect about him is his dribbling. Um. This guy, when you talk about a modern center back, a modern playmaking center back, a modern underlapping center back, people want to talk about um, Lewis Dunk and John Stones and uh, David Alaba in terms of stepping up to the midfield line. But Matip, oh my God, this guy, this guy will have a 50-yard run from the back line all the way 
to to right behind his forwards, and he'll just he'll just be slicing and dicing, just slow as fuck, mm-hmm. galloping through niggas. Like it's beautiful. It's just mm-hmm. beautiful because they can't get the ball off him, and you can see motherfuckers right. trying, and they just can't get it off him. He's way faster, way smoother, and his releasing ball even after a dribble. You know how motherfuckers can can dribble too far off the back line, and then. None of the guys is making a run, or all the forwards are blocked off. So now he has to pass to the guy next to him. Joel Matip's timing with that was always so good to the point where David Louis' specialty. He was <laughs> always passing the ball forward, even you know what I'm saying, even when he dribbled through mm. the whole other team, and it was just the back line and his forwards. A perfect pass, you know. I know I'm I'm waxing lyrical, but I just finally wanted to give this man his flowers because I don't think anybody understands how good Joel Matip is when he's playing. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? Um, so back in the club days, um, shout out Washington Premier, hey. there was there was a kid named Logan who was on the, the younger team, the age oh. below us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would always like scrimmage them sometimes uh, after mm-hmm. pra- or like for a practice or something. And I would I would always not, not even like clown this kid. It was more out of respect. But back mm-hmm. when with Joel Matip, Joel Matip was uh, playing for Schalke, right? Um, I was like, damn, you really look like Matip, bro. And I would just call him Matip all the time. Um, and it was funny because he looked like him, but also, like, he did have that same, the way you were describing it, like the tall, skinny frame, long legs, like, poke the ball away. Um, he was pretty composed. I wouldn't say he was, like, the fastest player ever, but, like, he was, like, composed or just a really good defender um yeah and i mean i've always had this like respect for um a team for that like i've always I, I like looked at his highlight videos and stuff in germany and because i was just always bringing up like, yo Matip, like what's Look, up like, across the field, like, <laughs> and, uh, and he kind of embraced it after a little while like so yeah, you know i, I got a soft spot for Matip. because he probably because because homeboy probably caught a couple clips of Matip too, and he probably realized he oh, probably shit. leaned into it. Yeah, <laughs> he probably realized, oh shit, old boy ain't dissing me. He's giving me a compliment. Like, mm-hmm. but see, there's there's a reason I respect your football opinion so much because a lot of people don't understand what Matip brings, and they don't think he's a good center back. They think he's just a center back, right? right. <laughs> when he's an when average. We him on free from Shaka, like there was low key serious excitement. There was like low key amount of like yeah. Shit and I would have loved to have him at Arsenal because yeah, he was just like a young kid in Germany too. Like I was like, this kid's killing it at like twenty three or whatever he was. Like Germany wanted him to play center back for them, but he went to go play for Cameroon instead. Like mm-hmm. Germany was kind of pissed that he went to. I mean, I think there was like a little thing in Germany where they were pissed that he went to Cameroon because they wanted him for the German national team. It was like, no, nah, fuck that. I've been wanting to play for Cameroon, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the issue, the big issue with Mata is injuries. Now, see if y'all hear a fucking theme when I go through these guys, right? <laughs> Injuries. Joel Matip, I don't have the numbers. All I have is my own fan instinct. And I can tell you from the jump, Joel Matip is too injury prone. He's not played enough games for us. He can't play more than two or three games in a row, which really sucks because the quality that he brings to the back line, I tell you, there's a reason I was so pissed that Liverpool let go of Dayon Lovren, and they decided only to rely on Matip and Gomez. Because if Matip and Gomez were ironproof, like if, if, I'm sorry, if they were bulletproof, if they were made of iron, I wouldn't have any issue. If, if I knew Joel Matip could play 
day in, day out, every minute of every game in a season, I would have no issues with our center back depth. Not really. Neither would the team because he brings such a such a good high level of defending. However, this man plays one game and then he's out for another two games, out for another three games, out for a month at a time. It doesn't matter what. This guy can be – He, you don't have to hit this guy. This guy can be running. This guy can be passing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's not it's not necessarily the same level of Joe Gomez type injury prone where he 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 tears a whole ligament just off of jumping, but it gets really bad because you can predict that Joel Matip is not gonna play. And just I don't care how good of a center back he is, that's a waste of space. That's a waste of a prime center back spot. He's 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 older now, so he's obviously earning good wages. And like he, he's he doesn't even have – how do I say this? He clearly is popular in the locker room, but he he's not the guy that would that you bring along just because he's a locker room presence, right? He's not a Jordan Henderson where even if that guy's injured, you know you can bring him along with you in the team because he's going to have such a profound effect on the locker room. Joel Matip is not that guy, unfortunately. And it hurts to even say this, but we honestly need to move on from him. <clears throat> Liverpool have this dumb – policy of buying these injury prone players they bought a bunch of injury prone players for a coach that is known for the physicality of his style and they keep insisting they they insist on keeping these injury prone players even though it's so clear that these guys aren't ever going to be able to work out for the team i'm going to talk about another uh one of those guys in a little bit but i'm going to stay in the background how many i guess like how many times has that really stabbed Liverpool in the back? Like, Because I think this season was like a worst-case scenario situation. A lot of times, I was going to ask you this like towards the end of when you finish Defenders, but like I was going to say a four-man, a four-man centre-back like committee, I guess, of Joe Gomez, Van Dijk, Latif, and... uh, uh, Kanate? Oh, Kanate. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Kanate. Yeah. Like, to me, that's... Unless things go just horribly wrong in another season, like well, it's a possibility, but everything really that went realistic. possible. I mean, but think about it. everything that went possibly wrong this season went wrong. And then what's crazy? How is many that, years has it been when it was fine? You know, like I guess, like well, we've been we've been riding that line though. You know, it's mm-hmm. been three years of the same players playing the same system, running this, running a whole fucking line. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, last season was a perfect, was the perfect evidence of. All of that, all of that running and stuff, finally coming back to bite everyone in the ass. All of that lack of rotation coming back to bite everyone in the ass. It was a lot. It was a mm-hmm. huge, perfect storm last year of injuries, right? But the problem is, Joel Matip has been this level of reliable since he got to the club. I want to say maybe 2016 or 2017, like his first year. Maybe he was all right. Maybe he was pretty dependable. But ever since then, he's just been made of glass and the and what's fucked about having a four-man back line or a, a, a center back stable of van dyke matip gomez and konate is that three out of those four center backs are seriously injury prone still mm-hmm. you know that was the issue this season where we were relying on three center backs and two of them were injury prone and then of course a freak injury happens to the only ironclad center back and we can't rely on Go- on on Gomez because he got a freak injury. Well, Matip's coming back. Oh, we can't rely on him. How many? We, he came back and then he was gone immediately. Like we couldn't even celebrate, dude, coming back properly. I'm, I guess I would like to think that you can rotate them properly enough that it 
wouldn't matter, but you would know better than me. No Liverpool's I'm, luck. Like, obviously, I defer to you. Like, if you think you need to change it, then yeah. I, yeah, I, I just I don't know who I'd replace. Well, I know who I'd replace um, Matip with, but I I just the only reason I really say we have to get rid of Matip is because we got Konate, you know, and he seems to be an excellent young center back. He he has a lot mm-hmm. of potential. He looks as though he's even going to displace Joe Gomez for that number two spot, right? Um, but he's also injury prone. And he's also had a couple of massive injuries, even as a young center back. So. I say we bring in another center back, someone who might be a little older and a lot more reliable physically. You know what I mean? Not, not Joel Matip. I love him. I love him to death, but there's too many injury-prone players on the squad, and we got to start getting rid of them. So we got to get rid of the older guys. Um, right. With that being said, now I'm about to pivot to <laughs> a younger player who I think we should get rid of. Um, Nat Phillips. Really? Um, this isn't negative in any way shape or form um now phillips really grew into his role for liverpool and i mm-hmm. think he came in really clutch however um i think i think this is another example this is almost like an example of uh divock in 2019 um just a, a player who wasn't supposed to be relied upon coming up with a bunch of really clutch moments in a season like you know a bunch of clutch moments in a row um for one season. Now Phillips was 24. He he's a lot older than I thought he was when he was when he was playing for us. Um when, you know, when he first started playing for us. Um he is really good in the air and he has a lot of really clutch blocks. So, you know, a good committed defender, but not the type that's going to get first team minutes on a team like Liverpool. Um, he mm-hmm. he is a really good defender, and I think I think he's the type of player that I think a smaller club would want to build their defense around, or at least or at least the type of leader that a small club could use, you know, and, and the type of player that could grow with a club. Um, I don't know where he would go. Maybe Fulham. Maybe you know a, a smaller club like that where they just need a defensive, reliable, solid player. Um, he's not good enough on the ball to play for Liverpool. He's not fast enough or or good enough positioning-wise to play for Liverpool for a really long time, especially being 24. Um, I know he's still developing and he'll probably still grow as a player, but where he is right now just isn't at the level that Liverpool need him to be to even say, we're going to give you these backup minutes when everyone else is injured. Um, right. So I think I think Liverpool learns from their past mistakes and they capitalize on this kid because there's, I mean, the, the two of the guys who are in front of him right now, when, when they come back from being injured, are younger than him. And yeah. there's two of them, and they're both, uh, they're both almost international quality players, you know? <clears throat> Excuse me, you know? Whereas this guy is getting his first shot at the age of 24, which isn't a bad thing. Especially for Sanders. It's not. Liverpool's level, so they need to capitalize on this. They need to capitalize on his on his really good showings for the second half of the season, and they need to sell him to a club that really, really needs a solid center back. I really like Nat Phillips. I think he has like I like him a lot. In him, I think he has a mistake in him, and obviously playing for a club like Liverpool that gets amplified like tenfold yeah. when it happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he's just like a sturdy, good backup center back for you guys yeah um i could i can see like wanting to move on yeah and 
Um, I guess another reason I think I'm resigned to or I'm willing to let go of Nat Phillips is because apparently, I don't know if anyone remembers Ben Davis. We bought some guy from Swansea, and he got injured the second he got to us. <laughs> so uh, apparently, oh, he hasn't seen a single minute, right? Ozon Kabaka seen more minutes. Um, Nat Phillips has seen more minutes. Reese, Reese Williams, our, our fucking 19-year-old baby-face-ass little kid, has seen more minutes than Ben Davis, so um, I'm kind of doubtful that that we keep him. But apparently, he's completely in Klopp's plans, and Klopp wants to give him a, give him a chance this summer instead of just selling him on. So then, in that case, you you move on, Matt Phillips. Um, good luck to him wherever he goes. Um, but I think Liverpool needs to be smart and sell this guy for a good eight to twelve million. Um, and then, oh man. Let's get on to the midfield. You know the three guys I'm always talking about. We need to get fucking rid of Nabi Keita now. Now, <laughs> now, now. Tired. Oh, I'm over it. I'm over it. It's not even his fault, bro. I'm over it. I don't care. I need him gone now. Right. Same issues <laughs> as Joel Matip, except he doesn't look good when he's playing. He's so injury prone, he'll play one to two games in a row, and then he's back on the physio table. Told mm. you before, this guy basic this guy's career basically got ruined by his national team. He came to Liverpool with this huge injury. Um wow, he's not even played. that old. No, he's not. <laughs> but he's been with us I thought he was like close to thirty. Jeez. Nope. Nope. That's how long it seems he's been with us. Um he's he came in what he was bought in twenty seventeen, came in twenty eighteen had to lay off had a layoff of like three to six months because he came here injured or some shit. Um came came back, looked really, really good for us, got another injury as a result of this first injury, probably overcompensation or something like that. Um mm-hmm. got injured, then ended up going playing a bunch of um World Cup qualifiers or whatever the fuck qualifiers for his national team. Um was broken, came back had to sit on the physio table the whole time for Liverpool, then got called up to his national team again, even though Liverpool said, yo, don't let him play. He's broken. And then they let him play the entirety of a tournament. And they didn't they it didn't do it didn't go well. It didn't go well. This guy's been broken ever since. He's like Abu Dhabi in that he's just been injured for so long in so many different places that his body's just like a jumbled mess of loose muscles, overly tight muscles. Um, weak tendons, brittle bones, and shit like that. Like this, his body is just basically by trying to push himself through injury and by trying to play, he's fucked himself more and more and more and more. So now his body's just so out of whack and it's so fragile that it can't take any any of the strains that Liverpool that Liverpool system tends to put on midfielders. He was supposed to be a Conte type player where he was just everywhere, a defensive bite, but he was supposed to be another level where that he was supposed to have the great attacking awareness, the good through balls, great goal scoring, and stuff like that. But it just hasn't worked out. So now he hasn't even played for us to the point where now when he does play or now when he does start, he's more than a couple steps behind. You know what I'm saying? It takes a long time to get that match fitness back. Match fitness ain't just about endurance. It's also about speed of thought, and it's also about comfortability in technique and in making sure that you're you're helping your team in the in the best way possible 
And he just has never been able to do that from the second he came back. He's always, he's shown bits and flashes, but even then, that was closer to 2018, 2019 versus now. These past couple of years, he hasn't looked good at all. He's looked bad. So I say we get rid of him. Sorry to say it like that. We sell him on, sell him to a team that has a good history of rehabbing players or sell him to a team that has a good history of fixing injury-prone players because he's too far gone for Liverpool. I don't know what they were thinking buying him while he was injured. And then, well, no, I, I understand what they were thinking, but Liverpool has shown themselves to be a club that doesn't improve players endurance right you're either injury prone when you get when you get to liverpool or you're like one of these fucking or you become injury prone okay that was or, or you're or you're an iron man like wijnaldum or robertson or salah or you know what i'm saying um mm-hmm. keita is just he, he needs to go somewhere and he needs to go somewhere now where he can sit down for about a year and just work his himself back liverpool's depth is too thin for, for him to be able to do that. He needs to go somewhere where he can just hide out, sit down, and just work on himself and just get healthy, bro. Just like RDC World, I don't know if you saw that skit that they had when LeBron went out, but he was talking to Anthony Davis. He's like, AD, you've been hurt for like a year. Go see a doctor. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel about Kate. Oh, man. Matip is just as bad injury-prone-wise, and I still get more angry at Kate for being out. And it sucks because it's not wow. even his fault. Right. Oh man, next Damn, guy. You're spitting. You're spitting. No, look, man. Look, man. I'm trying to. I gotta get. That was this all facts. That was all facts. I gotta get this out. Next guy. Oh man, I love you, but Ox, you gotta go, bro. He and, and you know what's crazy? It's almost the same exact. It's not the same exact issue as Keita, right? Because Oxley Chamberlain, when Keita came to Liverpool, Oxley Chamberlain basically took all the minutes that were supposed to go to Keita when Mm -hmm. Keita was healthy because Oxlade-Chamberlain was so dynamic in midfield. It's weird because even when you think of Oxlade-Chamberlain now, you don't think of incredible dribbling or you don't – you think of more like a jokester or a guy or like the young winger, right? But as a central midfielder, he was a pressing demon, um, incredible in the press, really good dribbler, really tricky with his technique as well and uh, as you know a great shooter from especially from out far um i i really liked ox um if anything out of all the players on this list though that i'm going to get rid of if we end up keeping ox that's the one i'll be least mad at because at least when he has played for Liverpool, almost every single time that he's played in central midfield, he's looked really good. He's brought that extra dimension that Liverpool hasn't had for those past few years. Like when we won, when we got to those Champions League finals and stuff like that, um, Alex Oxley Chamberlain, he was like our first sub for the midfield because he brought something else. That thing that, that people say that Klopp, or that I've been saying that Klopp's been looking for, that plan B in midfield. Um, where people thought Tiago was that guy, that was Oxley Chamberlain, right? Keita was supposed to be that guy. They were the replacements for Coutinho. Like Oxley Chamberlain has shown to be that really good plan B. The thing is, again, he's not reliable. He just hasn't been reliable physically. 
since since that um since he had that crazy fucking I forgot how he injured himself, but ever since he had that really bad injury a few years ago, he's been coming back in fits and spurts just like Keita. And you know, I, I'm I'm assuming it's overcompensation once again, but he just hasn't been able to stabilize his body and stabilize himself and stay off of the physio table. Um, again, he had, he had a really good ending to the season, which is why I'll say we can keep him if they want, but make sure you wrap him in plastic and and put him away safely. When you take him out, when you unwrap him from the bubble wrap and <laughs> safely, gently put him on the field for like maybe 10 minutes at a time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Obviously yeah. more than that, but I say if you play Ox for the next season, if you, if you want him to become a reliable player for the next season, you help him look after his body and you don't do anything but bring him on as a sub for the first half of the season. Yeah, I remember when he first came to Arsenal, man. I really thought he was gonna be the next best thing. Man, like, everybody a winger that. that could play like as a center mid too. Like it was, it was. Yeah, know, I thought he was gonna be completely disgusting. It's sad to see like injuries kind of held him back. Yeah, slash maybe expectations were a little too big. I don't know. I thought he was gonna be like, like crazy world class. Like, I thought but he was gonna it, be so. Bad. See, see, and and it's so crazy because. You see, when I say bits and flashes, this is more than bits and flashes because whenever he does come on the field, he always does something for Liverpool that's like, yo, wow, what the fuck? Like, I, I didn't expect this from him, or I didn't expect him to get get this type of this type of assist or this type of goal, or I didn't expect him to be such a pressing monster the way he is. He looks great for Liverpool when he's on the field, so I just want him to either get on the field or sell him somewhere else, man. But and he's we, got a top yeah. ten name ever. Right, Great fucking name, <laughs> long ass fucking name, man. Um, and then the last guy in the midfield slash forward area. So this will be a hybrid between the midfield and the forwards. Um, Zerdin Shakiri. What Zerdin Shakiri? You're not what? selling Curtis Jones to Arsenal? No, fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I'm, god, I love Curtis Jones so much. But no, go Curtis, on, Curtis Jones is sick. So Zerdin so Shakiri. Um. He, look, man, there's a reason There's a reason he was a really good player at Basel. There's a reason he went to Bayern. There's a reason Inter Milan bought him. But there's also a reason he spent three years at Stoke and was their most relied upon player for that entire time. Um, and there's also a reason Stoke still got relegated while he was playing for him. Zerna mm. Shakiri is a really good cherry on top. He is the guy you bring in when you stretch a, a midfield or a defense. He's the guy you bring in when maybe you just need a guy who can keep the ball um, in that little hole where the 10 should be, or even next to, or even if you just need a guy to float into the space that um, float into the space next to Firmino, like, you know how Firmino kind of drops back into that false nine. If he needs a guy next to him to help him connect or help him stitch, stitch um, chances together, Jen Shakiri is pretty good for that. He's a great left foot. He's he's much better on the ball, like much better shooting wise, much better dead ball wise, much better passing wise than I think a lot of people acknowledge or give him credit for, because he hasn't really played much, and he's kind of also been played in some very weird positions by Klopp. I feel as though Klopp likes to mix um, Oxley Chamberlain and Shakiri, and he thinks that they they can play the same role, but they can't really. Like he tends to put Oxley Chamberlain out wide sometimes in like replacement for Salah or Mane when Ox 
definitely only works as a, as a central midfielder for us. And then Shakiri's kind of vice versa in that he looks good as a central midfielder, like almost that Iniesta like at the top of the midfield three. But he works a lot better at, out wide, or at least he connects a lot better with the team out wide. I was about to say, I don't think I've ever seen Shakiri play in the midfield like as a center mid. He's, he's, well, he's always gotten overran, right? Like so... The best place he works in midfield, again, is that that space next to Firmino. But with that space next to Firmino, when he's stitching everyone together, that means that's when Liverpool is in control. That's when the entire Liverpool team is in the other half of the other half of the box. I mean, other half of the field, completely surrounding the opponent's box, and we're just pitching shit. And that's when he's really effective. Um, but he's not clutch. He's he's not as dynamic as we might need. A pl- as the the skill he has on the ball lends itself to a player who is dynamic, and he is not dynamic enough, if that makes sense. So, like, for the things that he brings to the field, he's not able to, to get himself in the proper positions all the time. And then when he is, he's usually – he's somewhat profligate in front of goal. Um, he, he misses a lot of shit. Um, and it can get really frustrating because you're like, bro, like, you look at him and you're like, yo, if it was any other one of our front three – they would have made it. Um, so I think Shakiri showed himself um, a few years ago. I think Stoke was probably the perfect club for him or that perfect level club where he was the best flair-based player on a really tough team that kind of compensated for maybe his shortcomings, no pun intended. Um, even though even though Shakiri is <laughs> a physical guy too, right? Like he's as wide as he is tall. They call him the cube, right? Um, but yeah, he, yeah he's, he's just – He's he's just not, you know, effective enough. And again, comes down to injuries, comes down to physicality, <clears throat> just comes down to his skill set. Um, and then the last player that I really need Liverpool to get rid of, <clears throat> and mind you, everyone that I want Liverpool to get rid of, we need to replace. We need to replace, and sometimes two times over, because I mean, this is me getting rid of Liverpool's depth, because we should have replaced our depth a long time ago. We also need more depth than what we currently have. So the players that I'm going to want is going to much far outweigh the players that I think we should get rid of. The last player we need to get rid of is Divock Origi. Holy fuck. We should have sold this guy the second he stepped off the off the Champions League celebration bus. I'm telling you, this guy's stock was never higher. He was never more clutch for us. But how do I say this? The amount of special moments that he had you can look at all of them and be like, okay, this was a moment. And it, it's it's really easy to say that now versus back then because, you know, back then it seemed as though, okay, he was turning into, you know, another version of Lukaku, a really fast, technical, intelligent connector of the ball, super physical, super um, great in the air, great shooter, um, always trying and stuff. But he, again, there's just not enough of it. He doesn't press particularly well um it's gotten to the point where Divock Origi was actually being played was actually being played as like a, a wide forward instead of a central um forward mm-hmm. which I don't know if you've seen Divock Origi and his yeah it doesn't really suit like his profile I would say so so for for you to to put him out wide that doesn't both that doesn't show well for the faith that he has in no a guy like that yeah. in the middle you know what I'm saying um I just I, it's a lot harder to place what's wrong with Origi because it's been so long since he's actually played, 
regularly. But I think that also kind of shows, you know, what should have happened, right? Like he he was never going to get the same amount of playing time um, for Liverpool afterwards. It was kind of a miracle that he got the, the, this amount of playing time now. Um, I mean, then in 2019. Um, so yeah, they should they should have been capitalized on Rigi. He should have went to like Marseille or Crystal Palace or somewhere that needs like a good reliable forward because he's just not getting enough time in Liverpool's um, front line to to be able to mesh properly, and he's already got displaced by Hota. So, um, yeah, but as far as um. As, as Liverpool guys go, those are all the guys that we really make, need to get rid of. Um, How do you get feel rid about, of. like, the lone guys? Is there any of the lone guys you We don't really... No. 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 Um, I'm looking at your I'm, roster on, like, the Liverpool website. You guys still have Lloris Carrius on your team. Oh, he's on... Oh, you sold oh. him. Yeah, he's still um, a technically a Liverpool player. He was After supposed what to he a, did, he should never be allowed through those doors again. Bro, they <laughs> loaned him out literally the season after they, they can't him sell him to Besiktas or Fenerbahce or something. And he I was, he was in the Belgian league. Was it that one? Yeah, no, that was like, um, that was our other really like right bad. Now. Oh, right now oh. he's in our Belgian league. No, Simon, Simon, um, the other guy. Oh yeah, Mignolet. Oh God, Nino! Like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, Lars Karius, I totally forgot. I think he was a Fenerbahce or Besiktas, right? On um, the season mm-hmm. after, and he started out really well, and then the same thing happened, where he just had a stretch of really bad games, really dumb mistakes, and so the Turkish team was like, oh, on second hat thought, we'll pass on this guy. So Man. he's still on the. Can't books. get rid of him. Um, I want us to come. Harvey Elliott, I, I have something to say about him later. Um, we sold Kijana Hoover, which I'm really sad about. But um, who's who's the redhead Dutch? Except Vandenberg, um, I, I I think I think he he'll he'll end up being pretty good by the time he comes back. Um, we have a lot of really young center backs who are promising. Um, Billy Kumeto, Reese Williams has shown he can play in the Premier League. So I want to see instead of him playing for. Kidderminster under 23s next season. I want to see him going to like a Norwich or a Fulham or a, or even a championship level team, you know? Um, a, a team that'll give him a good amount of minutes. Um, but yeah, I, that's about it for the amount of guys I, I want to sell. It's crazy because I had a much smaller list than you did and I still took about an hour. <laughs> so what's the total, what's the total number for you then? I got six guys that I need that we six have guys. to get rid of. Absolutely. Right. All right. So let's get into these team demands then. Just like, just like real quick, like what are the areas of the team? I guess I'll go first with Arsenal, but like yeah. areas of the team that just need to be strengthened that will most affect, positively affect the team going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, for Arsenal, um, Obviously, I'm saying we want to sell Hector Bellerin, so we need a right back this season. Uh-huh. Um, especially if Ainsley Maitland now is going to go too. Uh-huh. I so I think Arsenal need a right back for me though. Um, and then I think we're honestly like I would take a good center back signing, but if we do the other signings that I want and we don't sign a center back, I'm not mad at it. We got a ton of depth there right now. Yeah, you can worry um, about that. Oh, later. 
and we need a backup left back because yeah. Tierney is incredible, but he has shown that he can get hurt at times, and yeah. we have nobody. to. We were playing Shaka at left back this season at one Yikes. point. So, and Kolasinac is back for another year. I don't know if we're going to sell him, keep him, whatever, but he's not good enough to be our backup. Even um, our old, even our old backup left back midfielder guy is better than yours. <laughs> right. <laughs> Much rather have Milner over Shaka any day. Right. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. So, so those are your. Shaka uh, did okay, but he just gets cooked and like against the wrong matchup. Well, no, bro. No, I, I don't. No, nah, dog. I'm not. I don't understand any world in which. Jaka makes sense as a as a left back, even a fill in. Now, if you if you guys are playing the three man back line and you want to put Jaka over on the, oof, even that's dangerous, right? Like, well, no, I mean, back line and, <clears throat> go on. Ha- I say it has to be the right matchup because if it's if it's like a, a if he's going against like a true winger, <laughs> like like the Villarreal game, he'll get picked apart like God. piece by piece because he's just like you said, he's just not I, quick enough. I just tried. Um, I just tried to like imagine Mohamed Salah versus Great right. That's that's a nightmare. That's an absolute nightmare. As like a system defender, I don't know. He's, he's average. He's, he'll do the job for us. Like yeah. he, because that's what he does. He's a system defender when he plays in the midfield. Like he fills in those gaps. He holds space. He closes down anything in that area. Um, but yeah, the big thing for me, and I think this will solve so many problems for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Much like Man United, we need a midfield man. We need, we need a partner for Thomas Party. So, this is where it's interesting, and I don't want to get too much into like specific players, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's two. I I briefly touched on it in the first part. There's two different types of guys I'm looking at. One would be a more defensive presence, um, a more like just just like closer, like just can sweep up everything, um, completely just destroy anything that comes within their radius. It's, it's, it's a wrap. The other version would be someone that gives us, I guess, like we said you know, a few episodes ago, more thrust. Like somebody that, like an Dyn- Aaron Ramsey Dynamism. type, Mm-hmm. A guy that can get forward, that'll score you goals, that'll create chances from deeper. Oxley Chamberlain for Liverpool, right? Um, exactly. Almost um, but damn near for for Manchester United. You, know, you know, it's it's a bunch. It's a broad range of those type players. But I, yeah, the progressing so number eight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's two <laughs> different types of partners I would like for party, um, and I have specific players for both of those, um, and then. We need an attacking midfielder. Mm. Um, I don't think Odegaard is going to happen. I think Damn. Zidane gone. Um, Damn. They're going to ask for too Multi's much money. Or they're going to with tens. Right. It's very true. Great point, actually. Like Hamez. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. And I also, I'm not really sold on Odegaard. I got to keep it a buck. Like, what? He was really good. He was really good. But, well, but hear me out. So, he was really good, but he kind of just kind of fizzled out towards the last, like, end of the season. And to me, like, I like him. Like, if, if money was an issue, sure, buy him. But if Real Madrid are going to ask, like, 50 mil for Martin Odegaard, 
I'd rather invest that into that second partner for party. I'd rather we get someone there. Um, I'm totally fine with giving uh, ESR the keys to the kingdom and letting him just go crazy. And even giving Sokka some time at the number 10. Yeah. Um, but I think I he think should Sokka make a signing. Lethal at number 10. I think, real quick, I'm so sorry. Go I think, it. you know that double 10 system you guys were playing a little while ago? I feel as though if you have Aubameyang on his on the left where he likes to be, Lacazette in the middle if he if he's actually doing what he's supposed to, Pepe on the right cutting in, right? I feel as though if you have ESR and, and Sokka, like supporting those two as the attacking midfielders, you guys are unstoppable. You guys are damn near a Manchester City type of um, team. It's just that now you need Partey and whoever that other demon is to be you guys' stable platform. But again, that's just, sorry, that's just me. No, no, <laughs> I like that. Story. I, because that's what Sokka will do a lot of times when he plays on the right side. Is he mm-hmm. he plays very like centrally? Yeah. Um, and he, I don't know. But the other thing is like Sokka has made a living off playing on the like just outside positions where yeah, yeah, right wing, yeah. left wing, right back, left back. Left back. Yeah. Um, he's just really good at like working that sideline. Okay. Um, and, but I don't know. I mean, I, that's the field in half. Arsenal Player of the Year. So okay, why not give him give him a chance? But I think we do need to sign someone. Just make some competition for the young kids. Like okay. have them fight for who wants the spot. Okay. Um, and then we're pretty good on wingers. I guess like that's my biggest concern is the the partner for party, the backup, left back, the right back, the attacking mid. And then maybe a striker, but I want to see Balogun get a chance again. I really believe Balogun. Y'all I have think... so many young players that mm-hmm. ring a bell whenever that's, I hear that's why, like, that's why I'm not just like defeated Arsenal fan. Because there's hope, man. Like, we have such talent in the team. If, if y'all pull a Leicester, right we're a good team. If y'all pull a Leicester, Barcelona, who else don't got money? If y'all pull a Leicester, Barcelona, Chelsea, right? Where y'all... Don't buy senior players. You just bring through your youth players. I know Leicester's not really doing that. Sorry. So I guess do like how Chelsea did recently and just focus on your youth players. If you mm-hmm. give them time, they'll clearly improve. We've seen this all season. That's, and that's if you give the players time, they will improve to the level that they're playing, period. And I've been preaching this, wanting this all season, but it just seems like Arteta just doesn't have quite that same philosophy. Loaning out Guendouzi, loaning out Saliba, loaning out Maitland Niles. You know, I'm just, I don't know. I, I want to see Balogun. You know what's crazy? Those are the three players that I think you're, that I think you said you wanted. Your mean yeah. ass central midfielder, your right back, and then who, who was, who's the, who the last one? Balogun? Saliba. Saliba. And when you, and your backup center back. Right. I'm, Bro, that's that's three your positions gone within the Arsenal system. Saying. That's what I'm saying. That's why. That's why. Because you always ask me these questions, like, who would you replace this guy with, or who would you want to bring in? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't really like. There you names, have them, but I love the talent we have so much. And Balogun's not gonna like, like light the league on fire. He's not gonna score like 20 goals. Like he's still a 19 year old kid. He's gonna but send them out, out all alone the way Joe Willock went. You know. No, I want him here, man. I want him. Hmm. I want him. I want Martinelli. I want a bombing up top. Mm-hmm. I want Martinelli on the left wing. Mm-hmm. I want. I want. If Lacazette's here, Lacazette and Balogun like balancing Backups. out, backing up. 
I damn near. I yo. I damn near think. Uh, oh, you know what I think about Lacazette? That was an. I think now I kind of remember why I'm always so confused on Lacazette because he looks like a great forward. Like especially when you look at his highlights for Lyon. God damn, he looks like France's next best striker, right? But I always. I think now I realize that whenever I see him playing for Arsenal, he always seems to play best when he has someone running past him. Like you know, when he's playing hold up. Either it's as the hold-up striker or as the nine point ten or the ten and that you know what I'm saying? Like he's that. a he's a center forward. He's not a striker. He's a center forward. Like he he he's very involved with the midfield, connecting with the attack. He's not just like breaking the lines every I two seconds. I think Lacazette flourishes when you have runners running past him and when you have and guys Smith Rowe connecting all through the midfield who can 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 you know connect with him if you don't just rely on him to be the hold-up guy if you don't let him be the focal point then i think he flourishes right. in my opinion which is, is like the complete opposite is complete opposite to what happened at leon but go on i think though yeah i mean that's pretty much it i think but again i'm gonna say it one last time that midfield partner for party is everything for this team is everything for this team and the reason the reason arsenal had one of the worst defensive records last two seasons ago whatever and then were suddenly one of the better teams defensively in the league last season mm-hmm. is because of the, I think there's the system they're playing with like two more defensive minded midfielders. Central midfield wasn't a runway. Right. It was, it's very much kind of United uh, reminiscent in that sense. Like they, they were so much prioritizing with the midfield to defend properly and keep shape and keep structured and be hard to break down that it compromised the attack. That's why Aubameyang's numbers are going down this season, I think. That's why all these players are struggling to score because there just wasn't much service. There wasn't much quality to get them opportunities. And that's why Sokka was flourishing. Like, Sokka was going crazy. And I was preaching on Sokka here because... Yeah, you were. Attack, in this dead attack, this little, like, fucking kid is just carrying our offense. So, props Yo, to him. To, to whoever might be listening to this, I got to give it to my guy, Nick Solo. He definitely got the youth players on lock. This guy's been talking about Saga since the beginning of lot of lot of this season, and I didn't really see what he was talking about. But lo and behold, Saka performed week in, week out for the whole last couple months of the season. And everything this guy was talking about in terms of his qualities and like the predictions he was making, damn near all came true. And I like I could see what he was talking about in terms of the player for Bakayo Saka. So yeah, dude. Hats off to you. I, I definitely. I keep. I keep getting shown like why I need to pay attention to the young players that you talk about. Especially, I mean, would you would you have assumed Saka would have been the guy to to put the team on his back this season? I don't think so. But <laughs> no, I would have you assumed were it was a sh- You were saying that he needs to be starting and all that shit, and then once he started, I mean, I don't know if y'all looked better, but at least his side of the field started looking. I remember when he first started, his first game he started was against mm-hmm. United and he was playing left back and I was, and all these tweets about, oh, it's just like this academy winger that's going to play left back for us against Manchester United. And I'm like, oh God. And then I watched the game and I'm like, this kid's special. Like yep. this kid's generational. Like, um, but moving on from that, speaking of your needs, um, I think it's really funny because yes, you, you know, I've been saying this for the longest while, but now that I think about it, you really, really, really do need the exact type of central midfielder that Manchester United need. And I think I, I think that's kind of bad for you guys because 
that just means whatever midfielder you guys are going to be looking at, Manchester United is probably either going to try and drive up the price or pip you guys to that person first. Um, it, it just goes. I'm sorry. In but, one in one instance, yeah. But I think there's two ways we can go with it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll get do into you, it. Do, a you want, more. do you want to get into it now, or do you want me to list my? Uh, let's do your team needs. Okay, Liverpool. Liverpool. Our most important position of need is actually the back of fullback. They, I know it sounds weird as fuck, but if you think about it, again, Trent Alexander-Arnold is a playmaker from right back, right? Only place he has enough space, really, in the modern game. <clears throat> he, his, his abilities translate well. He gets up and down the field really well. But as we're seeing now, he has been pretty good injury-wise. But as we're seeing now, he's starting to hit that wall where his body's starting to break down, right? Like, my man can't even play for England right now because he went to England. What is it about Liverpool players going to England training and just getting these fucking ridiculous grade two injury tears and all this fucking weird shit, man? This guy came out with the ground. They got nothing left. Bro, Joe Gomez went to England and jumped twice and broke something each time he jumped. Literally, it was a jump like a couple of years ago or a year ago. He got injured off of doing a jumping exercise last last year or last winter. He got injured off of doing a jumping exercise. I don't get it. I don't get it. Either way, whatever. TAA is getting is reaching that wall. He's hitting that wall where he definitely needs a backup, right? And then everything that you were saying about Kieran Tierney, about how he's a leader, how he's super important, how he's played almost every single minute, so on and so forth, applies to Andy Robertson, except for the injury-prone part, right? Andy Robertson played every single minute of every every single game for Liverpool last season, including Champions League, including FA Cup, including everything. Like This guy played more than anybody else. I'm scared. This season, that could be something, that could mean something really bad, because this guy's the captain for Scotland. He's playing every single minute now. This guy was just playing uh, a friendly again. I can't remember the team he was playing a friendly against, but this guy was just motoring all up and down the pitch, left and right, left and right. You know, I mean, sorry, <clears throat> back and forth, back and forth. You know, and so he looks the same way he does for Liverpool. And just the fact that Costa Simicas, who was supposed to be his backup left back this season, got sick and he hasn't been able to gel to the team properly. Um, that, that just made Klopp rely on Andy Robertson more. And I'm just getting nervous because um, remember, how, like, last season we saw our whole team was playing super hard for three years straight. And then last season, everything kind of came, came, came together and people just started getting injured. Only people who didn't were our normal, were our normal iron horses. Wijnaldum, Robertson, Salah, and Mane. Um, Robertson, however runs so much more than any of those other guys. I mean, except one album, but he's gone, right? So compared to the last two guys, he runs so much more than anybody else. For him not to get any rest for a whole season and now he's gonna go play the Euros, it doesn't matter if Liverpool start their preseason late. It it, it really doesn't. Like this guy needs at least a couple of months of rest mm-hmm. if we expect him to have the same level of conditioning next season as he does this season. Next section that we need is a replacement for Gene Wijnaldum. Um, he was a great ball retainer. He was a great number um, 
six slash eight. He wasn't really an eight. This guy couldn't make a port forward pass on Liverpool to save his life. <clears throat> and he never had a single assist with Liverpool. But again, one of the best ball retainers on planet Earth. Um, a real, just very, very good positionally. Incredibly strong, way stronger than everybody um, expected. Um, really good at taking the ball off motherfuckers, which is crazy because he he's kind of another example of the that trend that I hate. Remember when I was talking about how so many black attacking midfielders get converted to D mids and and fullbacks in the in the Premier League. Um, he's another example of that. Except I guess in this sense, it's just, it's a little better because he he got to stay in central midfield. Um, but his, his skill set definitely turned more defensive. Now, the thing is, for a replacement, I don't want a like-for-like replacement for Gini Wijnaldum. You never find one. You're never going to find a guy with his unique skill set. And as unique as the skill set was, he did have a few shortcomings that I think the team definitely needs to address or can address with whoever they replace him with. Um, the last position that I think we really, really need to get is a, I want to say a new one, but a different striker. I want a guy who will, <clears throat> and and going through my and when we get through my list, you'll see that I have I have options for both like proper number nine pure strikers and also false nine nine point ten, you know, ten and a half, whatever the hell, like the, the false nine slash attacking ten type of guy like I have a whole range of those type forwards but no matter who it is we need somebody who knows how to put the ball in the net Roberto Firmino yes he's been excellent for the team for a really long time but where where things are right now he either just needs to go ahead and get converted back into a central midfielder where he can be our central attacking midfielder in the middle of a diamond three or he just needs to to be a sub for somebody or 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 a plan B or something, because this is, like, last season, everyone was, like, last season I was super willing to defend him because he had so many good seasons before, but now this is two seasons in a row where he's just not producing any goals. And not mm-hmm. he's barely even producing assists at this point, you know? Right. I gave Saudi, like, same way I gave Sadio Mane such a huge pass this season, it's because he's been absolutely world-class for us for all the three or four seasons prior. You feel? Yeah. So... I, we we need we kind of just need to strengthen that area or give or find another option for when Firmino isn't working. Anyways, you, uh, do we want to go through our list of of uh, prospective guys we want to replace with or, or what? Yeah, let's let's just get into it. Um, All right. Um. So, right back. The dream. <laughs> the dream <laughs> is. Either Max Aaron's or Lamptey, man. I would take either of these guys in a heartbeat. Have either of them be our starting right back for as long. I mean, Lamptey's so young. Max Aaron's is young too, but Lamptey's like nineteen and he is insane. A Chelsea loan army for Chelsea, and I was he excited. ran away, man. He got away. So, <laughs> <laughs> he made it out. Okay, okay. That, that one season. Um, that 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 was it. Last season. Was it, I think it was last season, 2019, where um, Tariq Lamptey literally played one or two games for Frank Lampard. And I swear to God, I was so excited. I was like, who the fuck is that little guy on the right? And He's why electric, haven't they man. stopped him yet? 
Like, <laughs> nobody stepped on that flea on the right that's just been going up and down the sideline, just killing y'all niggas, bro. Right. Holy fuck. He would be, he would be incredible. Um, yeah, I would take, I would take either one of them. Max um, Aaron's we're like, a good shout too. I like Max Aaron's a lot. Um, probably like a little more polished, but Lamptey's so young, like he'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I feel like Max Aaron's is a little more like presence about him, like the physical aspect. Um, <laughs> I know you saw that link to Serginho Dest. <laughs> hey, hey, oh my god! I don't know if that's actually gonna happen. That's kind of wild. But uh, mm-hmm. if there was, if that's a possibility. Go check that out. <laughs> yeah, um, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Um, Serginho Dest is a quality player to be linked with. Oh. I don't even know how to pronounce this dude's name. Uh, Maz- Maz- the IX right back, Mizrawi. Like, yeah, he's like Moroccan. He's yeah, linked with him. Mizrawi I don't know anything really about him, but I'm going back to that same IX philosophy of if he's an IX player, I believe he <laughs> <laughs> he's coached really well. He knows this what, what he's doing. He's done. smart. This is what yeah. IX have done for like a decade now of just producing amazing talent. Uh, for their whole history, bro. For their whole history, but they've kind of how do I, they like they, they into it off. more? I feel like yeah, yeah. They they were at a lull for let's see. They, they had an I they had they won the Champions League in like the nineties with like a bunch of eighteen year olds, and then they fell off. And then recently, mm-hmm. since like twenty seventeen or t- maybe twenty sixteen, they've been just been on the way back up with these kids that they've been producing. It's been ridiculous. they used to have like. They used to be up there with Madrid in like mm-hmm. the Champions League series yep. and stuff, but yep. um, they're just not, in terms of like finding a way to, for them to be sustainable. It's been just constant, so, like incredible players. Dortmund productivity of just mm-hmm. creating these young players, well coached young players. Yeah, and so if he's, I mean, Arsenal are cheap clubs, so if that's like the cheap <laughs> option, I'm not mad at it because I'm sure I don't know. I have to do a little more research on that. Um. But obviously, I want Max Aarons or Lamptey. I'll take either one of them. Um, on the left side, Van Anholt, Crystal mm. Palace, free agent. Free oh. agent. Yeah. Not under contract. Get him on a free. Let him be our backup left back. And that's, that's business. That needs to be done. Yeah, he's officially <laughs> added to my I list. I get him. You don't get him. <laughs> he's, not, he's not on your list. Um. Oh yeah, that's all I got for defenders, bro. That's an incredible shout for a for a backup left back. I didn't right. even think about Van Anholt because he's still playing for the Netherlands to this day, like still. Um, okay, so that's yeah. it for your, really, your backup really defenders. Too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I like your list. I also had Max Aaron's on my list. Um, I just put mm-hmm. Van Anholt on my list. That's how much I like. <laughs> I'm no, I'm saying that with no shame. Well, no shame. Put on your list, man. <laughs> Love Van. I really like Van Anhol. I think he'd work. Oh my god! Especially as a left back next to a mm-hmm. Dutch defender like Virgil Van Dyke, he'll mm. be a great backup left back. Trust me. Um, and he's played in England like damn near his whole career. Next now, to so. a stud center back like Gabriel. Wow, that would be lockdown. Okay, so so <laughs> my, so again, my backup fullbacks. Um, Max Aaron's. You already talked about him. Jamal Lewis over on the left side. Um, I think he's mm-hmm. really good. Um, prospective. Uh, fullback. However, I think Andy Robertson is too young to let Jamal Lewis just be a backup for him because Jamal Lewis might not get any playing time, and Jamal Lewis clearly needs, you know, 
this level of playing time um, on this side. Um, another, I'm surprised you didn't say Ashraf Hakimi for Arsenal. I'm really They're, surprised. So my thing is like, I'm trying to mainly go off like what I've seen. Affordable like, players and shit. One, affordable, and two, like what I've seen like links for like in the news and stuff. Um, I'm not really going super crazy because just because I know how Arsenal operate, they don't they don't go out and get a guy like Hakimi and pay like all the you know what I mean. It's sad, but it's the truth. So I'm kind of like trying to think through like like realistically, I don't think they're gonna get Lamptey. Like uh, that to me, that's a stretch. Well, I think he's in a good situation at Brighton too, um, where he's kind of relied upon to be the main ball progressor. Isn't it funny how how Brighton's right wing is like five foot two and their left wing back is like seven feet it's that fucking nuts yeah. <laughs> anyways but they but they rely on those guys to be the ball progressors on mm-hmm. the field so they tend to get a whole bunch of touches and a whole bunch of time on the ball that maybe um those guys won't or especially Lamptey might not get on another team um so hakimi aside um a right back that i really like an Wait, are you right saying you want hakimi um, no, I'm, I'm saying that I'm surprised you guys didn't. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. You didn't say Hakimi. Um, I mean, I'll throw it in there. I would love to have Hakimi. Let's fuck it, you know? Like, <laughs> right, because, I mean, my list, of, my list of defenders that we need, these are all backup, right? Like, so, it would be... Right, you can't, be, you can't, Liverpool can't be buying Hakimi. There's no right. <laughs> um, and even in terms of um, backups that might be too expensive, uh, Emerson Royale uh, was the, is a Brazilian right back, um, played for Real Batista this last um, season. Really, really good attacking right back. Um, great technique, great pace. Kind of just swallows up the field. Um, pretty good crossing. Just a really good attacker. Really good at combining. Great dribbling. Good shooter too. Um, so I, I just thought he was a really, really productive player for Batiste. And if we ever needed like a guy to regularly produce in place of Trent. I think he would be a pretty good um, alternative. Maybe not the same um, crossing ability or the same passing ability as Trent, but um, if we ever just needed a really good backup for him, um, something as close to like for like um, as I can think of right now, Emerson Royale would be good. However, uh, <laughs> as of this morning or as of yesterday, um, he's officially going back to Barcelona, I guess. So I guess Barcelona bought him or developed him and sold him off to Batiste and now he's going right back. So, um, <clears throat> you know, guess that guy's off the table. Um, the next guy is the guy I really want. Um, Ola Aina or Aina. Ola Aina is a Chelsea Academy youth product. Um, he's a fullback who can play on either side, which is really, really good. Um, he played for, really good, he played yeah. for a while for Torino. Is he like really um, two footed? Is that why? Or? Like legitimately. Um, nice. Regardless of whatever flank he's playing on, he can use either foot. It seems like at first I thought he was primarily left footed, but it looks as though he can use his right foot as well. As for like passing and stuff like that, um, he is a big guy. Not big, big, but like he's he's about five between five nine and six feet. Um, super rangy, clearly, clearly built, but not overly muscu- muscular. Um, he he seems to have like a really like a good range in terms of like his running ability, his ability to defend. Um, whether he's whether the guy is running onto him or whether he's help defending, he's really good at it. 
Um, he doesn't get beaten too easily, too often, especially playing in a league like let's go, playing a few years for a team like Torino. He's playing in the Italian league, so he got a lot better tactically um, while he was there. Um, again, his fitness is is something to be to be mentioned. Um, his crossing ability is pretty pretty good. Um, his ability to combine with his attackers again, you know, cut inside and maybe switch to the left foot and stuff like that um, is pretty good. He played for Fulham last season. Um, I'm not sure how he how well he played. Um, Fulham did get relegated though, so I don't know, I don't know if it was that good. But I feel as though um, his ability to play on either flank um, would just he would just serve as like the perfect backup to Robinson, and I mean to Robertson. And Trent, to Andy Robertson and Trent. Um, and the reason I said Robinson is because my last fullback that I think we need um, or I would like to get is Anthony Robinson, um, the American who <clears throat> who signed with Fulham uh, mm-hmm. last season. Um, he's really raw, um, but he is very fast, very attack minded. He's relentless. Um, he when he, when he gets going, he looks really, really good. Um, he plays for the U.S. Um, and it, it's crazy because he has games where he either looks like trash or he looks really, really good. And usually for the U.S., he looks really, really good. And I think if Liverpool would be able to um, translate maybe that type of form over to over to like his club, <clears throat> excuse me, his club play, he would serve as a pretty good backup to Andy Robertson um, as he developed as a fullback. Um, I mean, yeah, and outside of. Uh, Van Anholt, who actually now I really want to be my back. <laughs> um, that, that's about it for my list of, of fullbacks. All right. But, yeah. yeah that's um, a good list. I would I would love Ola Ena, and I'd probably take Robinson or Van Anholt on the left side. Um. Yeah. Uh. So I guess I'm eager to hear the midfielders that you're thinking. Yeah. About. I mean this this to me is. He, everything <laughs> like, you know how i feel you know you know who the first guy is i've been going screaming how much i want this guy i wanted him last year <laughs> he's last all over year, the internet last year <laughs> i think i think okay hold on. so last year i wanted party and i wanted austin lore i wanted i wanted both of them and of course typical arsenal i got one we saw how much we struggled as a team without any like creative midfield presence. It wasn't until Emil Smith Rowe got his senior appearances and consistently that we started playing a lot better in the attack. I want Odegaard because I think I love his versatility. I love that he can play as an attacking mid. He can give Emil Smith Rowe that competition, but I love that he can also play as a center mid. And he, a lot of times he does play as a center mid. And he can be that like Aaron Metronome. Manson, get forward type. Oh, get, okay. Um, metronome too. Like he, I, I just, I love Awar. I think he's so talented. Um, again, it gets back to my technical footballers, right? Like, yeah. He, he's got a great range of passing. He's a great dribbler of the ball. He's just like a composed, good central midfielder. He can kind of do it all. Like he's not like a lockdown defender or anything, but he's got the work rate partner next to a guy like party that they can i feel like have a pretty solid partnership in that midfield i think it matters a lot with matchups and stuff too but um yeah i think he would be an amazing partner next to party and apparently he hasn't had the greatest season this year so 
Um, Leon have only they, they put a 30 mil price tag on him. And to me, that's that needs to be done before Euros start. I mean, it's not going to, but uh, to me, that is the most obvious bit of business Arsenal can do because they were asking for like 50, 60 mil last summer, and now and now it's like 30. And I'm like, you have to, you have to do this business. Like, you, this um, is where I get bad at speculation games because then I start thinking too overly realistically. Because my first th- thought was, yeah, now he's 30 mil, and that's definitely a price that Arsenal can afford. But then I'm thinking, if I'm him, do I trust in Arsenal's ability? to develop a youth player, if I trust in their ability to control their fan base and not become completely toxic and not react according to how Arsenal fan TV feel. And I'm not saying that they do, but I mean, I think from a player's perspective, you have to think about that and you have to think about their track record in terms of developing players. Do they develop players because they want to or because they have to, you know? So, and I yeah. start overly thinking that I've ruined the game by thinking like that. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I'm not thinking like that. I'm thinking pretty like simple minded right here. But I think he's perfect. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, there's a lot that could go perfect. wrong. <laughs> perfect. But there's a lot that could go wrong. But I'm not even looking at that. I'm like, this looks like this looks incredible. When we're playing teams like the Brightons and the, the you know the teams that are like you got to break the box, them down, mm-hmm. back, like put Emil Smith Rowe at that ten, put Awar at that eight. And let party kind of just like float in those deeper areas, clean up, get up when he needs to. Um, and I think we have a really good like attacking balanced midfield. The other side of it is, and I I arguably want this. I think I want this guy more than Awar, but uh, obviously I want Basuma, and Basuma wants Arsenal. From what I'm hearing, hmm. apparently he's getting mad at Brighton because. He just wants the move. He wants to go. He's really close with Nicolas Pepe. Um, they, he, I mean, the last game of the season, Pepe was kind of giving him the Emirates tour and the walkout. And uh, yeah, I think, I think this, I'm hearing like 40 mil. And to me, and you paid 50 mil for party last summer, you can do 40 mil for Basuma. Like, Basuma needs to be done. But my thing is like, it can't be one or the other. It can't be one or the other. It needs to be both. Basuma, so Basuma to me is the more stable option in the midfield. He'll really anchor it down defensively, and he's amazing in the transition because nobody can take the ball off this dude's feet. Like, when he gets the ball, he can just charge forward, dribble, shake people. He's just, really reminiscent of Conte, isn't he? I like the Conte comparison you brought up, like, last week or whenever because at first I was like, from a physical perspective, they're very different, but yeah, definitely from a skill set perspective, yeah, like can really clamp up a midfield and then initiates the attack going forward. And uh, him next to a guy like Party, so that's why I'm like, we need Awar and Basuma because then you get so much flexibility. You can do so many things when you're playing a team like City. You do the Party and and Basuma partnership. When you're playing like a lower level team, you can do like an Awar and and a party partnership or an Awar Basuma partnership or something like uh-huh. that. Or you can be playing Awar in the attacking mid role with Basuma and party. Like or play can, him as a double 10 with ESR. Basuma there's like and there's RT so holding. Many, yeah, single pivot with Basuma. Like to me, you need to get both those guys and you have so many different options that you can approach a game with. And that would completely change Arsenal as a team. 
that single position, if you get those two guys and you have this like committee of three, three midfielders filling those two spots slash OR playing some attacking mid here and there, you suddenly fix so many issues with this team going for, I promise you, Aubameyang will bag like high 20s goals next season. They would do both. Like, uh, this, yes, bro. Aubameyang was the top goal scorer since the day he's been in the Premier League. Yeah, I guess anything that helps you guys keep possession, huh? Because you guys are still a possession. And we had had no goals from our midfield this season. I I can't think of one, honestly. I mean, there's like an El Nenny screamer in the Europa League, but in terms of like the the Premier League, I can't think of a goal that came from like our center mids. Not even Xhaka. Long range shot. Xhaka had a free kick. I don't remember if that was Europa or not, but that's a set piece. I don't know. To me, like we need those two guys. That's the that's the biggest bit of business I need done. If 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 for me, the bare minimum for Arsenal is Awar, Basuma, and a right back. Okay. To me, that so, needs to be done. I find it interesting that you didn't go for like an older, more experienced type of defend. Or, um, I guess I guess the Basuma role. I'm surprised you didn't go for an older, more experienced type of guy. Like you're thinking, like filling that that midfield with youth right now. Party would be your own your oldest midfielder. At Party is like 27? 20, 27 or twenty eight right now. Twenty eight. And yeah. so I'm kind of looking at him to be that that senior presence. I don't know. He seems like a pretty quiet guy. Like, I don't know too much about party, the person. Um, but from what I've seen, he, he seems like a pretty quiet guy. I watch like his Instagram stories. It seems like with the national team, he's pretty animated and he likes to like joke around with everyone and he's always dancing, having a good time. So maybe he's like a leader for them. And, and this was his first season at Arsenal. So he had to kind of ease into it, but I would love to see party become a leader in that midfield. Especially being 28 years old in a yeah. team where pretty much the whole lineup is like 23 yeah, yeah. besides Aubameyang. Aside so from like, the forwards, yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I want to lean fully into this youth thing. I want to just have like this core of amazing talent just build up together. And then in like two, three years, we're like a force, you know? And I think okay. party, I think party's a big, big important factor in that. I think he needs to. Because he has that Champions League experience, he has yeah. everything. You know, he's played at the highest level. He he can really. I was gonna say you, you guys need that assertive, looks. strong leader though to 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 guide. I think I think Basuma you know? can be that strong like leader in terms of performance on the field. In terms of like like you talk about with CDMs, that bone crunching tackle guy, that guy that's gonna just like lay lead people down. Um, you know, set the tone. But I think exactly. But I think party, party. I don't know. I want party to be a has that big game experience, huh? Okay, so you right. so you so you'd split that between those two players right. instead of like combining it into one. And okay. Basuma's proven that he can be a leader on the field through like performance, at least with what he's done at Brighton. So I like that. Okay. Yeah, that's a smaller midfield list that I that I thought was going to be. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, because to me. Because you're, like, so set on those guys. Like, those guys would be perfect. I'm set. Yeah, like, I don't want to – I don't even want to think about other options. Like, to me, that is what I expect. (laughs) All right. All right. Okay. So, on to my midfield choices. Okay, so, 
We already lost one midfielder in one album. And according to my list, I think we should get rid of all of our depth. So I have a somewhat larger list of... Actually, I don't. Huh. I guess I only got four guys. Anyways, I got four midfielders that I um, have listed. I don't think we're getting... I think if we get one of these guys, then we don't get any of the rest of them. So, oh, it's five guys. Um, oh, real quick. You know why mm-hmm. my list is not that? And this might be an attacker, but the other one was I was going to put Buendia in there just because oh. we were linked with him. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> of course, <laughs> Aston Villa signed him. Arsenal, it, Arsenal it, wants to play to a big club like Aston Villa. It, it's, good. it's good for the people that want to banter Arsenal. To me oh, personally, God, it's great. I don't, I don't really. <laughs> to me personally, I don't really care. Like I was not really like super high on Buendia. Like, oh, bro, you liked Buendia. Don't don't come at me with that. You I liked him, but he was Buendia. like the third priority for me. Like I was like Awar and Basuma. Yeah, you didn't know happen. his name for a little while, I guess. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I, mean, I don't know Buendia. I was like, eh, sure, like whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That dude is gonna be incredible. That dude is about to tear we'll up see. the Premier League. We'll see. Oh, it's a little, it's okay. So I said I I said I, I don't really want to replace one album like for like. Um, instead, I want to try and find that. So look, I know that Jurgen Klopp plays his, his midfield in a certain way, not necessarily the six, eight, ten that we're thinking of, like that Pep Guardiola three man midfield. Um, instead, he tends to play like a six, eight, eight. But one of the eights is definitely more of a of a of an eight, and the other one plays like an eight point ten, I guess, which you know indicates ten responsibilities, right? Um, so in terms of that, I guess I was started looking more for central midfielders who were more creative, um, and who could play higher up, but were also more reliable, um, in, in proper central midfield. So the first guy that I want, I want this guy for a while. Pause. Um, is Yuri Tillemans. You know this. You know I've been saying his name. It'd be, it'd be he, really, that'd be a fit. That'd be nice. Man. From when Lester got him, I told you he was a problem. Like he's, he's calm on the ball. He's a great passer. He fills spaces really well. Um, he's in. A, he can be aggressive. He can be really physical when he needs to be. Um, but he's clearly much more of a thinker. It's weird because he doesn't really resemble him physically. But in terms of like of the type of player he is, like thought wise, he's almost like a Clarence Seedorf. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a Clarence Seedorf more in his later years, not the super physical. I was about really to say smart Seedorf is number physical. eight ten. <laughs> not not well. Seedorf was more smart than physical in my eyes, but I, that's because I only saw physical I, but I technical. Saw, is what I was. Thinking. I saw Seedorf with my own eyes. At AC Milan, and that's when he was a central midfielder. wasn't nearly as fast, but he he was great passing. Always had a good eye. You know what I'm saying? Made the right decision. That is Yuri Tillemans to me. If we get him, we're definitely slowing the midfield down for sure. But I think he's reliable enough defensively that he that he's not a liability. Um, that it also that it that it boosts his profile offensively because. He doesn't provide the same you're never going to get the ball from me type of abilities that Wijnaldum brings. But in terms of that plan B, in terms of the final pass, in terms of key passes, in terms of long balls and switching um, from side to side, seeing how we use our fullback so much, 
he's perfect with that. He is great. He's great on, on dead balls. He's great on set pieces. He's great at shooting from distance and up close. Like he's 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 really really good. He would cover a lot of issues that I think um, Liverpool's midfield has faced, even when we had Wijnaldum, because Wijnaldum couldn't make a forward pass to save his life. I know I said that, but that's how annoying it was. Um, the next guy, ah, okay, <clears throat> this is really funny because I knew he was gonna fail when he left us. But I wasn't happy about it. Um, but I didn't want him back at all. But I legitimately think it's worth giving Coutinho another chance at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, he left. He didn't need to leave. But I'm not going to lie. His Him leaving led to Liverpool buying an incredible goalkeeper and an incredible center back and an incredible D-mid all in the same window. Um, and, I mean, he went to Barcelona, just took up space. He went to Bayern Munich, just took up space. Went back to Barcelona. He's clearly a very emotional guy. Um, some Someone who, once the chips get down, he kind of gets lost within himself. Um, and I think at a club like Liverpool, maybe not because the fans loved him, but just because the team has such a positive mentality and the club is, is based around passion, um, you know, like, I, I think I think he might go back to Liverpool and flourish. Um, he he definitely won't get to be the man, the number one player, the main guy on the ball like he was before he left for Barcelona. But and I don't know if he accepts that role. But if he does, and I think Klopp allows him to drop back into that that number ten role in that midfield three and let him combine with Firmino and let him run past Firmino and you know what I'm saying and let and give him some good wingers to really play with again I'm not sure if he would work out 100% because I'm not sure if he would be okay with just with having the same role on the ball that the rest of the midfielders do you know I don't know if he I don't know if Coutinho is okay with just being a platform guy a guy to help Robertson or or Alexander or or Trent Alexander-Arnold I don't know if he's gonna be okay with not taking a whole bunch of shots instead uh, you know uh, i'm mm. not sure if you'd be okay with that but i think if he's willing to to change around his play style a little bit and i think if he's <clears throat> accepting of the fact that he wouldn't be the number one guy i think he works out for liverpool i think he gives him them that plan b that that they needed you know uh goals from midfield beautiful dead ball delivery Magic from magic from when you most need it because he was a clutch guy, you know. I, I, I definitely, think, yeah. And I, and I just think that the mentality of the club would suit someone like him, who's um clearly <laughs> a bit of an emotional guy. I think he would learn how to how to have a little bit of self belief and and enforce a little more positivity into his mindset. <clears throat> the next guy, um, this is kind of in the same vein, um, except. So I, I was thinking Liverpool could do really well with a Nico Lodero type number 10, um, a guy who was clearly a good playmaker, a guy who was great on um, set pieces, te- technical, you know, combinations with his midfielders and his wingers and stuff like that. But a guy who could cover a whole bunch of, of distance, a guy uh, every single game, a guy who was, is not afraid to drop deep and tackle somebody or pressure somebody, you know, but a guy who is reliable enough to where 
um, you know he can play day in, day out. You know, you know when he gets the ball, whether it's minute one or minute ninety, he can still make that little through pass. He's not just gonna get tired because he's been working really hard. And that's a really that 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 is more describing the modern number ten, but that's a very demanding role. Um, and I think the guy who would work best for that is uh Bernardo Silva. Oh wow. I'm really reaching for the stars on this one. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think just kind of thinking of what what we were talking about. Um, I'm listening back to our last episode because I loved that last episode. I listened to it a couple times, and um, I, th- I think just like going back and just hearing when you were talking about like why the hell is Bernardo Silva in midfield? But you know what's crazy about this is that Bernardo Silva was supposed to be David Silva's heir. Now Phil Foden mm-hmm. kind of took that role. And Bernardo Silva hasn't looked happy since. Like he hasn't looked like himself the past two seasons. And he's looked a lot. He's looked a bit. He's looked a little short of confidence this season. Um, but if you see the role that he's played for for City, uh, he's played a central midfield role. He's not just a winger, even though I think he would be a great asset for us being that natural wing role or being that natural wide midfielder role that he loves to play, um, his his understanding of every single role in midfield. I mean, that season that he that he was um City's player of the year, um, I'm pretty sure he played D mid half the time. Like he, he was the the club's best D mid where Fernandinho was out. So um Bernardo Silva shows the ability to understand a bunch of different roles and I think he would be um a great guy for keeping possession. I think I don't think he's necessarily the final ball key pass guy that I think um Yuri Tielemans might be or Coutinho might be, but I think um in terms of just that guy who would put in a lot of graft as well as having the glitz, I, I <clears throat> let me reword this. In terms of a guy that would have glamour to go along with the graft, I think Bernardo Silva would be a surprising, surprisingly good addition to our midfield. Now, last two guys, I'm sorry, let me get through this fast. Takumi Minamino, we need to get him back off alone. I don't know why right. he didn't really play that much. That was crazy much. you guys sent him. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't play that much for Liverpool. I don't I don't know what Klopp's thinking is of it, but it was really frustrating to see them throw him out alone like that because it just started to feel like a waste of money. And it started to feel like, okay, so that, that means we got excited for no reason. Like, th- this guy, yeah, it takes players a lot of time to to get used to the top system and to gel into Liverpool. Like, each player takes at least a year. But for him not to get any playing time and then you throw him on once or twice in completely wrong positions is wrong. And then to say, and then to send him out on loan as if he just hasn't shown himself well enough isn't you know that's not a good look um because right he, he hasn't really had the time um uh, again i don't know if it was just due to you know this was just such a fuck season that there just might have been a bunch of reasons that they decided to let him go play somewhere else um but now i'm seeing reports that they're willing to sell this guy and he looked so good when he played against us but it's like it doesn't make sense why they don't keep this guy on and not only that but he is, he he comes from red bull leipzig right no he came from did he come from leipzig no he came from red know, bull actually. austria either way he came from the red bull system the red bull system plays a very similar system to what liverpool plays high pressing high intensity get the ball back shove it down their throats that is the exact same style that we play 
there's a reason we got Nabi Keita and we had there was so such high hopes for him as a player for Liverpool. There's a reason we've got Ibrahima Konate because they play that same super tie line. Um, they need mobile center backs. So he, out of all center backs in Europe, he Konate might translate the fastest over to Liverpool. So I think Takumi Minamino, seeing how well he played, maybe for Red Bull Salzburg, and yes, that's a completely different level to Leipzig. Um, I think he would play really well in that replacement role for Roberto Firmino in the in the center. You know, he he's really technical, combines really well, is super um super positive, um, really annoying in the box, like always pressures guys. So I think he's a great choice. I think we just need to bring him back and give him a full uh a full preseason to gel with the team. I was really impressed every time I watched him play. Yeah, he's I usually watch him play on like the wing. Yeah, um, right, which isn't even his best position. Like he he didn't like to think about that. So you you were impressed with how he looked on the wing. And I'm telling you, this guy didn't perform well at all on the wing. So com- imagine how he should look in midfield. Yeah, it hasn't come together because like I said, he needs to gel. <clears throat> but I think he just needs to get be given a preseason. And then the last midfielder, I'm sorry for this list being so long, but this guy was kind of just out of the blue. Um, in terms of a number eight, that or in terms of like that Iniesta type of guy where he does all the dribbling, the assists, the shooting, and stuff like that. I want Rodrigo DePaul from I think he plays mm. for Udinese. You- yeah, yeah. In Italy, I, I can't remember if he's Argentine or Italian. He's Argentinian. Argentinian, right? And he's like, he, he wears, I think he wears a number 10 jersey for, for Udinese. And he's their captain. And he is their number one goal scorer. He's, he scored a bunch of goals from midfield. Scored Has a bunch of assists from midfield. Has a crazy amount of shots from midfield. Has a lot of really good final balls from midfield. But this guy's an eight, an eight. You would think he's a ten, but he's an eight. And I'm, I can't. He's a way bigger than I expected him to be as well. He's like much more physical than I expected him to be. He doesn't seem to get injured too often. He's he's kind of he's the guy to put the team on his back. Like his like Udinese is not a big team at all, and Rodrigo De Paul is arguably their only player of note ever since Quagliarella left. So, or is it Quagliarella or? I can't remember who their who their legendary forward used to be. Um, Di Natale. Oh my God! Excuse me, you didn't. Need, you didn't oh yeah, Di Natale. <laughs> but but DePaul has been their best player, I think, since Di Natale left, and he's what twenty six now. He's been their captain for a really long time. He's an incredible dribbler from midfield too, which I think is um, which is pretty important in terms of like a progressor. I think um, if. Jordan Henderson ever needed replacing, or if we wanted a second Jordan Henderson in midfield, I think we'll get Rodrigo DePaul because he has not. Mm. So, because I don't want to say he's a Jordan Henderson, right? Like, like he's clearly a much more creative player than that. He's clearly relied upon much more than Jordan Henderson is. But I think in terms of ball progression, and I think in terms of um, bringing something to the final third, I, I think. He, I think he would be the perfect answer for Liverpool. <clears throat> I think in terms of that his leadership, engine, that Jordan, because I think of Jordan Henderson as like a 
workhorse. Yeah, well, I was gonna say in terms of his leadership, in terms of his physicality, and in terms of like his refusal to never give up, that is what kind of reminds me of Jordan Henderson. Like the the willingness to put the team on his back and say, "Yo, we gotta get this shit fucking going." Like we got it. You know what I'm saying? That to mm-hmm. me kind of brings in that Jordan Henderson. So to me, I think Rodrigo DePaul would be a super out of left field pick. But I think he would end up bringing way more to Liverpool than I than anyone would expect. I think he, I don't know, I don't know how he would work out, but I would love to see that type of move. That'd be so left field, oh, man. right? But yeah, that's it for my midfielders. Yeah, um, I think the reason my list is so much shorter too is because one, because I'm looking at um, just like the targets that. Have you guys are linked with the Arsenal, yeah, linked with, and then two because um because <laughs> y'all are only ever linked to like three players every summer. <laughs> no, I mean we get linked to a lot of players. It's true though, like Liverpool kind of moves in silence, kind of shit, and you Arsenal are, Arsenal aren't like a super like tightly run club. Like there's leaks all the time. Like yeah, I knew Thomas Partey was going to Arsenal, like off rip, dude. I just knew <laughs> it. I just knew it, and then just it just on the. Yeah, just based lie, on how like, you guys were moving and shit. Right, um, and I won't lie, like, they had me worried, like, I, because we went through that whole window. I thought party was going to be done early, and it wasn't, yeah. and they did it on deadline day, the last minute, typical, right? But uh, I don't know. I just always knew that he wanted to go there. There was always reports coming out that the club wanted to get him, and they were cheaping out about his buyout clause. Whatever. So it's one because, yeah, there's links to – like we said, there's so many young players that I want to give opportunities to, right? Yeah. And so I, I know Guendouzi's probably going to get moved this summer, but I want Guendouzi to be in that mix with Basuma, with Oar, with Party, with, you know, with, so you have like four people for two spots. Like, it'd be beautiful. Um, I don't want Ruben Neves, man. Like, mm-hmm. I know he's probably a good player <laughs> and stuff, but I don't want Ruben Neves. All right. But when I, especially when I look at the forwards, right? Mm-hmm. If there's one thing Arsenal have, it's attacking. That's a that fact. might not seem evident now this last season because they struggled to score goals. But like I said, I think that's because of the mid, that's because of the midfield and how we prioritize defense this year. Yep. With a bomb, if we sell Lacazette, mm-hmm. one guy I would love to see us bring in is a guy we've been linked to for two summers now, is Edouard from Celtic. Um, a very like Hudson Edouard. Yeah. Ooh. He's a big boy, big boy, right? Physical, very physical, strong, but also a really good finisher, at least from what I've seen. Yeah. Very clinical. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that, especially like 22 years old or something, 23 years old, if we Mm. sell Lacazette, I want to see a signing like that. Mm, Just Um, a goal getter. Right. And a young guy that's like physical, like something different than a Balmian. You know, I, I don't want another Aubameyang type guy. Um, and and kind of to go with that, this is why I say 1.5 forwards, because this is like crazy. But I would love us to see it. I would love to see Arsenal take like a flyer on a guy like Luka Jovic. Like, mm. shout out to the Eintracht Frankfurt boys. Um, but I want the same thing, right? I want a physical like aerial threat, a physical guy up there, because that's something Arsenal haven't been able to replace since Giroud. And that's something that we really desperately needed this season because there were so many times that our attack was so dead and it just became 
cross the ball and cross the ball and cross the ball. And you cross into a bombing and Lacazette type guys. Like, they're not going to be the guys to go up and win a header against a center back, especially not a bombing. Lacazette sometimes gets lucky, but he's small. He's like 5'9". I want someone like that that just gives us that extra dynamic because we just we don't have that. And if and there are going to be games next season where that becomes our attack when we're just dead and we need some just miracle header out of nowhere, out of nothing goal. We need one of those guys in the team. So I don't know. I've always liked Luka Jovic, and if if Madrid are desperately looking for money and they want to sell him for a little bit cheaper, you know, send him right. my way. But right, um, Luka Jovic. That's, that's, the, that's a really interesting shout. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say Andre Silva, but he's going to be way too expensive. So that's why I say Luka Jovic. Um, but yeah, I, I guess Edward is the main one that I want. Otherwise, we sign Lacazette. I don't have too much beyond that because it's like Nicolas Pepe on right wing. I want him playing every single game. He's a magic. He's magic. He's, I love Nicolas Pepe. You have Emil Smith-Rowe slash Sokka. That can play on either wing, right? Aubameyang can play on the left side if he wants. He can play up top. You have Martinelli that can play on the left side. So you could have like Martinelli and Emerson Smith-Rowe and Sokka all playing on the left side. You could have Pepe and Sokka all playing on the right side. Like who both play on the right side? You have Lacazette, Aubameyang, Balogun, Martinelli. All those guys can play in the middle. You guys have like a, a striker. really big storm in the forwards. Yeah. That, now that I think about it, you guys either have like those two older guys or you guys have just a bunch of teenagers, but mm-hmm. just still really good. Um, really good forwards. Another forward that I was thinking of, um, now that you brought up Odson Edward, um, another French striker for Celtic, um, Moussa Dembele, the one that I think he plays for Marseille now. Um, but Moussa Dembele, Leon. I remember. I think he plays for Lyon. Oh, yeah, it must be Leon now. Well, he yeah. was incredible. He's basically in the same mold as Edward. So, ah, uh, yeah, but then I again, mean, it's Leon. They're a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Just get that a war and don't talk to them again. Right. Okay. Yeah, so, that's what I got. So, that's it for your forwards, yeah? Edward and Luka Jovic flyer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a bit random. Luka Jovic was a bit random, but that's, that's kind of a good call. Okay. So, um, Basically, um, I have five forwards because Liverpool has needed a striker, a new striker for about two years now. Um, I'm not saying that Roberto Firmino needs to be replaced or he needs to be sold, um, but I think it, at this point it might serve him a little better if he drops back down to the attacking mid role versus um, versus he needs being to be our sold. striker. Huh? He needs to be sold. No it's time. That's- that's All you Liverpool thing. fans hanging no, on the threads. That's the thing. Doing everything you can it's to not, find an argument for him. Man, you're not even listening. I just told you he's not a he, – like, I don't need him to score any more goals, right? Even though he's, like, the ninth Brazilian ever to reach 50 goals in the Prem. Um, what he, Everything else that he does is really, really good. Like, if we switched to a diamond midfield and had two guys up top, had, had um, Salah and Mane up top – and, like, we for sure knew Firmino was, like, an attacking midfielder, wasn't relied upon for goals or anything, I think he would – I think um, people would be talking a lot different about him this season. Um, so, yeah, I, I think – I mean, Firmino's also changed his position about three or four times um, since he came to Europe. So, I think 
I think it's time to move him back to a role that he's more familiar with. Maybe not don't move him back to D mid, but I think um I think Klopp figures out a way to use an attacking midfielder, um, then he might work out. Anyways, this isn't about him. Um so the first forward I picked, um instead of having a false nine, I picked an out and out striker. Um well a forward, but an out and out striker. Um and that is Ivan Tony from Brentford. Yeah. He just got promoted with Brentford to the Premier League. I don't care. I want him now. I want him now. He scored a crap ton of goals last season. I think he scored like 30-something goals in uh in the championship last season. But then he also scored, I think he was the top scorer for the championship last season, or he was one of them. And then he was the top scorer for League One the previous season. So he he was dominating League Two, League One for a couple of years. Then he came, or he absolutely dominated League One one year. Switched clubs, moved to Brentford, and now just pushed Brentford all the way to the Premier League in his first season there. Um, he's big, he's tall. Um, he's not necessarily the fastest, but he's quick. He's not like fast over open space like Mohamed Salah, but he's pretty quick. Um, he has good feet. If I wanna if I wanna describe him or like give you another player that he reminds me of, he's almost reminds me of like a Daniel Sturridge type of player. Way more flair than you would expect, way more ability to create than you would expect. Um he he can assist a lot better than everyone thinks. Um, but he's just an out and out goal scorer. Like he's one of those guys where if any part of his body gets to the ball, you know what's going in the net. Um, he, he's a very, he seems to be a pretty good pressing forward. Maybe not like a, like a, like a, just a hound like Firmino was, but I'm willing to offset that, that, um, I'm all willing to offset about 50% of his pressing ability. Um, just, just in order to get those goals in, man, like this guy would completely change the shape of our team. Instead of being a false nine, he would definitely be, um, the tip of a trident and, I I mean he he would just cause all sorts of havoc. Um, he, How tall he would is he again? He's I want to see he's a little over six foot. Yeah. Um, he I feel would like work, he's linked with a lot of clubs. He's well, he's linked with a fuck ton of clubs. Um, just because he's been so impressive these past couple seasons, this guy's just a goal machine. Like I know Chelsea. I know I said that Chelsea have like a reputation of breaking number nines, but I think he might. He might flourish at a club like Chelsea. Um, and I think he also gives Robertson and um, Trent a different a different target to aim at or, or a different, you know, like like he, he gives them a different option to, to aim for um, because he's so tall and because he's so good in the air and because he's, he's really good at running beyond the last man. You know, I love those type of forwards, um, and Liverpool definitely thrives off of those type of forwards. So um, he's really intelligent, just an all-around striker, forward, whatever. If, if Bayern Munich ever got their hands on him, they probably wouldn't have to worry about replacing Robert Lewandowski, I promise you. Um, the next forward is a little bit more of the Roberto Firmino type. Um, Nabil Fakir. Um, Liverpool was linked hmm. with this guy. Um well, about three, four years ago, two, three years ago. He's more of like an attacking mid. Isn't he? Yes, that's true. That's true. So he's more of an, he's much more of an attacking mid. Um, but his 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 um, ability, his skill set basically um, allows him to act as though he's a false nine because he is he's a really accomplished shooter. 
He's very good at scoring goals. Um, I don't know if you remember when he was um, the topic of the town at, over in Lyon all those few years ago. Um, was it Lyon? I think it was Lyon all those years ago. But he yeah. was basically uh-huh. their entire attack by himself. And um, I think I th- Liverpool only didn't buy him because he had like something wrong with his medical. Um, but he definitely would provide like a really exciting version of a false nine slash attacking midfielder. And I know he would be classified as attacking midfielder, but I feel as though um, he kind of fills that gray area that Roberto Firmino does. Um, not only does he fill the kind of the same spaces that Firmino does on the pitch, but he, he kind of provides the same, um, the same qualities. Uh, maybe not, maybe pressing aside because he is so injury prone, um, Fakir, but um, I, I just, you know, just, just so a he's a lot more thought. aggressive than the guy like He's Firmino. very aggressive, you know? So that's why I say he, he would bring so like to a me different, I don't know. They seem very different. Not like they're, yeah, so like, how do I say this? He only really, the only similarity he has with Firmino is that he occupies that same space, right? Um, but, he plays a lot more. He seems a lot more of an attacking midfielder who can score striker type goals. Whereas Roberto Firmino was called a striker, but he plays way more like an attacking midfielder, especially when he's not scoring any goals. So it's kind of like the opposite. Um, but Fakir is very, very aggressive. Um, I'm not sure he's the biggest presser of the ball, but I know the minute he gets the ball, it'll basically be open season for Mane and Salah. Um, and he's also really good at those um, final final balls as well. The next forward um, is one who I want us to recall from loan. It's Harvey Elliott. He's a little 17, 18-year-old kid. Um, he played for Reading last season, and he became the young player of the year. <clears throat> um, he's just been getting loaned out the past few years by, by Liverpool. I think they bought him two years ago or so from Fulham, and they've just been loaning him out to better and better clubs. So last season, I'm pretty sure he was in the championship, and he did a pretty good job. Um, he was an exciting little forward. Really technical, really small, um, doesn't go down easy. Um, needs to needs to grow into his body a bit. He's he's really young and he's really small. So um, Harvey Elliott's kind of more of a speculation that's definitely going to occur a few years down the line if he works out. Um, so yeah, that's just something to bring up. Just because I wanted to give, I I, I kind of wanted to um, like I want to see already how he would fit with Liverpool. Like I low key want to watch Liverpool's preseason just to see. Um, how well Harvey Elliott fits in with the other, uh, with the other attackers. It seems like an exciting prospect to kind of keep track of for sure. Uh, for but sure. like, where do you think he fits? If he's a winger, like, he's, he's not necessarily a sh- like. Oh, he's yeah. more of a winger. Yeah, so he's say, more of like a Jota, he'd be like a third, maybe fourth option if you buy a guy. Like, if you're 17 yeah. years old, that's kind of a tough one. Yeah, how no, much playing um, time is he going to get? And kind of thing. Right, so winger, so, yeah, there's definitely minutes to be had out there because I feel like you guys don't have that much depth besides Shakiri, who you want to get rid of, and Jota. So you'd have um, and you'd have Minamino, and we'd have Minamino. Uh, I think. Oh, did I say Minamino? I did say Minamino. Um, yeah. So I think, I mean, yeah, this one might be a little early. Maybe give Harvey Elliott like another two or three seasons to kind of develop in the championship and like lower league. I mean, lower level Premier League teams. But I definitely think Harvey Elliott becomes a uh, a viable option in the future. I like Hopefully that. Yeah, about. I wanna I wanna hear more about the the Liverpool young process. I don't know yeah, too much um, about 
don't even really know like Curtis Jones, so I'll keep my eyes out on him. Oh, yo, I totally forgot to speak up. Yo, you know a midfielder we could definitely deal with? Um, Marco Grujic. I, I at least just want to see one year of this guy acting as depth. This guy has been at Hertha Berlin for a couple of years, um, has done pretty well. Now Porto want him and a couple of teams in Germany. Um, and I think, you know, if, if a Champions League team like Porto want him, <clears throat> then I think, I think it's, I think he would have some use for Liverpool, but I can see them selling him instead. Cause he's just been, he's been like the only guy in the loan army for Liverpool. He looks like he, he should be on Chelsea the way he's getting on now. Um, okay. Second to last forward. This is a shot in the dark, but I really like Thomas Lamar. Uh, the French guy who went to Atletico Madrid after the 2018 World Cup um, went to went from mm. Monaco over to Atleti. Atleti's been linked um, with Arsenal for like six transfer windows. Yep. <laughs> right. So he wasn't doing well at Atleti for like a year and a half, and then at the end, by the end of this season, like his coach was just raving about him. So um, he's he's always been you know a fast little guy, um, smaller. Always does better centrally than he does out wide. There's a reason Tomal Lamar likes mm-hmm. to attend. Um, he's he, he, he's he, primarily he, he took him out wide for yes, Atletico, right? and he looks like garbage. So um, Atletico finally took a chance on him um, and played him in the center, and now they he's just been a completely different player. So apparently, this guy is now a pressing god. Um, apparently, he has oh fuck ton of pressures. And a whole bunch of like interceptions and stuff just from pressing up top, like <clears throat> not up top, but pressing from the attacking midfielder role. Um, and yes, yeah, so like this whole group again isn't just forwards, um, it's nines mixed with tens because Firmino plays such a weird role that's like it's hard to define. Um, and I think Tomal Lamar, um, is another player that would kind of be able to, to emulate Firmino role, Firmino's role really well. Um, I think the only difference that he has with Firmino is that he doesn't necessarily. I'll I'll give Firmino this. He does have pretty good striker instincts once he gets into the box. Like he does know how to play at the highest guy up the field, and he does know how to like try and make runs and you know so on and so forth. So Tamal Lamar isn't necessarily that guy. <clears throat> that guy, but he's a pressing god, and his key passes apparently have been ridiculous for Atletico this season. Apparently he has some of the best um like key pass key passes numbers in the league. Um and I just I just really like his two footedness. Um I think I think if he had a shot on him or if he was like known as a regular goal scorer, I feel as though a lot of teams in England would be sniffing around for him. That's a that's a that's a fact. Okay, and then yeah. the last guy this guy isn't necessarily a fo- okay. So this guy can play a bunch of different positions. He, I think the deepest he plays is central midfield, and the furthest forward he can play is either as like a false nine or a full or a wide forward. But I really, really like Christopher Nkunku from RB Leipzig. Um, he was one of those. He was one of that big generation of PSG players that got released, like um, Timothy Weah, Jonathan Nkone. Um, all um, that that kid Musa Diaby for Leverkusen and stuff. So Christopher mm. Nkunku is oh, yeah. um, one of the guys, right? So he he came out of that generation, and um, you know, 
it's ironic because all those other guys are either attacking midfielders or they're they're wide forwards and they're known for their speed and their technical dribbling ability. Um, and I'm pretty sure Diaby was like the most highest rated one. But what's ironic is that to me, Nkunku is the best one. He he might be the most mm. underrated. Um, he's definitely like the least, uh, the least obvious of an attacker compared to the rest of those guys that that he came um, that he left PSG with. But I think his progression through um, his progression with RB Leipzig has been impressive. I think in the next couple of years, you start seeing people talking about Christopher Nkunku um, transferring to this or that club. Um, I, I think he's going to go to a pretty big team overall. Um, he's a smart. He's really smart. Um, he's really he's thin and he's he's kind of fast, but he's way stronger than he seems. Um, he he works. He works together so well with his forward line. It's not even it's not even funny. Like he he know like you know those guys that kind of just make the pass and then admire the pass or kind of just mm. follow the play a little bit too late. He's not that guy. Right. Pass move, pass move. Yeah, if one of his man. forwards. If one of his forwards has vacated a spot, he's going to to he's he's taking up that spot. He'll always find himself in space. He's really good on the counterattack, but he's just he's just a good midfielder and it's so weird to say because he can play out wide just as well as he plays in the center um but but he's good i, I wouldn't necessarily rely on him to be like the main goal scorer or anything like that but i i, I would rely on him to be a pretty good attacking midfielder because i think i think out of all those guys that he left the psg academy with i think he has the best future because he seems to be the most well-rounded right now like he seems to be a one that <clears throat> is most relied upon for his team and he seems to be the one that um kind of makes things happen so yeah he's not really on the stat sheet a whole bunch in terms of goals and assists but when i see this kid i just i just see i see a really good future um again he's a bit of a niche player because he looks like a winger but he, he he plays better centrally um not necessarily not necessarily a goal scorer again but I just love what he brings to the table. Um, I realize this probably isn't a great description, but it's kind of hard to describe what he does. Um, if if you need to look him up later, go ahead and do that. I completely so, encourage talk to that. You about, go ahead, finish that last thought. No, no, I was going to say, I, I completely believe in Christopher Nkunku. Go ahead. So, so walk me through this. So the Diaby guy, the, the Leverkusen, also, it's interesting mm-hmm. how all these PSG guys went to the Bundesliga, but um, right, I've heard that Diaby guy has like crazy potential. Like, I've heard that he's, I don't know, I've just heard his name a lot. And uh, so, what what's like the main differences between someone like him then? And, and uh, Muso Diaby is an out and out attacker. Muso Diaby is speed. He's dribbling, and he is a guy who can get the ball in the back of the net, but he's like a winger. It's mm. how do I say this? Like he definitely yeah, relies like a, on other not people. as much of like a, a midfielder. It sounds like right. He's Pretty he's much. not as involved in the build up play, but but that's because they want him as the guy to basically finish a whole bunch of stuff. Um, he's basically taken Leon Bailey's place in terms of productiveness on the team and in terms of just like being a really good goal scoring winger. Um, I think he's also still had somewhat shaky form for Leverkusen, but his potential is probably higher than anybody else's out of that group. 
Um, mostly, probably due to his speed and his dribbling ability. That's like modern. He, that's uh, modern game. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, and you can and you can see like a good lineage of those type wingers. Um. For Leverkusen, they had Hongmin Sun. They had Julian Brandt. Then they had uh, Leon Bailey. I can't remember who they had between Leon Bailey and Musa Diaby. But now they have Musa Diaby. So. I can only I can only imagine he's gonna um he's gonna hopefully develop. Hopefully he goes down the path of Hongmin Sun and not Leon Bailey because Leon Bailey had one and a half good years and now my man's falling off a cliff. So um hopefully Diaby can take care of himself a little better than that. For sure. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's always tough when you're that style of player and you're always having to run at defenders, you're always getting chipped like clipped at and getting yeah. your ankles taken yep. out and Taking a lot of contact, so yeah, you you hope guys like that can stay healthy for sure. But yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, it sounds like a pretty solid list. I like that you have like a lot of different types of players. Whereas, like for me, because like yeah. I felt like a lot of Arsenal's current options, I feel like we're lacking in one very specific type of player. So I kind of focus mm-hmm. on that. Like you've kind of like sprinkled around and tried like a bunch of different stuff. So. Good on you for that. It's, it's, no, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Um, especially forwards, because like at this point, I, you can't expect Klopp to replace Firmino with an exact Firmino clone, right? Like just how I was saying, you can't find another guy with my Naldum skill set. You're not going to find another guy with Firmino. So I think forward is where Klopp experience means the most, and either he changes the formation at that point, and either has like a false nine, uh, a true ten. Or like an out and out striker, and it turns into a trident, you know. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I yeah, that'll be that. that'll be like mm-hmm. a a big decision for Liverpool because yeah, they've made a living off that yeah. weird Firmino role that nobody yeah. else can really replicate. Yeah, I think like the closest thing is that playing Kevin De Bruyne. Well, all right, folks, this has been episode eight of Bona Boys Podcast. I'm your boy, Vin Scully. A.K.A. Dalvaro Morata. Mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and your boy Nick Solo, A.K.A. Nikai Saka, A.K.A. Young Player of the Year, A.K.A. Hey. Young Arsenal, carrying us to the finish hey. line, carrying us next season. A.K.A. Young England, yeah. saving the white lines <laughs> every chance he gets. All right, I'm done. <laughs> the white lines. The white lines. <laughs> the three lines. The three lines. <laughs> no, no, shout out, shout out England and the white lines. You know what I'm saying? I mean, oh, that was see that was there was that was deep. There was meaning behind that one. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, before we get into before we get into the whole socioeconomic breakdown, let's go ahead and end this right here, y'all. Hey, Amen. You made it all the way through to the end. Thank you. We appreciate you. Um, we, we're coming up in this podcast game. We're improving ourselves. And soon enough, man, it's it's gonna be crazy. So keep keep fucking with us, keep rocking with us. We're improving every single week, and you can hear. Thanks for rocking with us. Peace. Gang. Yeah.